Hello, folks. Oh, Kim. Hello, folks. Um, welcome to a podcast. <laughs> we're actually podcasting um, video and audio um, on YouTube and wherever you find podcasts. Um, we figured, fuck it, we need to do one of these because we haven't done one in so fucking long. Um, Indeed. And the last one we did, we did it in person, I think. I think. I can't fucking remember. Jesus, I can't remember. I don't know if we did or not. Yeah. Was it the one where I was dressed as Hunter S. Thompson by accident? It's the one where you were wearing the Yankees jersey, I think. Well, yes, oh, we shit, were okay. Yeah. I remember. But okay, uh, okay. as always, I'm Wayne. I'm Kim. Hi, Darren. I'm Jill. Uh, and we are podcast now for anyone we've recently gotten a bunch of new subscribers and listeners thanks to our new sorcery and shenanigans D campaign for anyone who doesn't know before we even started doing D in our you know in the previous campaign and we're now in our second one we did podcasts and this is what we did pre all of the bullshit we're all living through right now so mm-hmm. we started doing we said fuck it you know let's do one again for you know the first time in forever um so there's i've i've been up to a rake of stuff and i'm sure all of these have as well and i think we've all seen movies and been out in the world a bit more now um and it's been quite awesome i think all of us have seen the batman haven't we have we yes yes cool um are we all watching the gay pirate show not yet but i'm not Not yet but i'm gonna get on that shit so i'm the only one that's seen the gay pirates okay um We'll be back on about that. Yeah, so our, our flag means death is what I'm on about, a phenomenal comedy show. But, um, and there's also, uh, Jill, you mentioned you'd seen The Northman. Yeah, in the last month I've seen The Northman and I saw King Richard, um, both excellent movies. So but cool. The Northman I saw last week. Yeah, we've, we've been catching up on all of our shows, basically. And, yeah. you know, watching things, reading things, watching shows, going to things out in the world. And it's it's been fun. We may as well start with the Batman, I guess. I mean, we've all seen it. It's something we can all talk about. Um, and can I start with I reckon mine is the shortest? Of course. Go right ahead. I think I saw it last. I had to leg it to get it before it left the cinema because life. Um, I drove to Ashburn. And it's only the third movie I've ever seen that affected my driving on the way home. After Baby Driver and Spectre. I had to tell myself a few times to uh, chill. Uh, Did there. you fucking floor it, Finton? Did you? And, and so people who listen to the podcast or know me in real life know a few things about me. Number one, she complains that nobody can edit anything anymore because everything's too long. Number two, she basically spends the third act of action movies wanting nuanced looks between characters from the first two acts but not getting them so basically checking out a little bit until they wrap it all up at the end um and considering the batman's runtime and the amount of action contained within you'd imagine that maybe there wouldn't be much there for me jesus christ every minute of it was earned every thing where nothing happened was perfect and let everything settle the performances were just perfect and my favorite batman as a, a vertigo dickhead in the 90s uh, all my favorite batman was always a study of the maroni falcone ben copped rot in gotham and i mean that's such a large part of it but but for it to be focused on that i was a bit of a mark for and uh 
Jesus, I was so impressed. I came out, I listen every second of my day. There was something playing in my earbuds, a podcast, music, something. And I came out of the cinema and I didn't have anything appropriate to put on to follow it. So I just stayed in it on the on the way home. Um, and I thought they just did great. I thought they just did great. Fucking hats off. Kind of wondering when I'll watch it again, though, because it's a lot. So that's funny, because as soon as I finished Batman Begins, I would have put it straight back on again, you know. So it's it's moody as fuck, and uh, it it was. I would love if it was standalone. I'd love if it was just a rogue thing by itself, and then they did something campier later. I I know, I know there will be obviously a setup for a sequel, but um, just bula bus all around, everything, the casting. I I'm uh, I'm a Pats fan, uh, and I didn't notice him. I never thought about Cedric Diggory once. I didn't even know it was him. It was fucking Bruce Wayne. And I thought that was class. Uh, here ends my opinion on Batman. Well, who's up next? I mean, I can go if he's want, but I mean, like, I think D-Man, oh. Jill. Uh, I was thoroughly impressed with it. I, I, I was kind of the same. I forgot it was Robert Pattinson um, watching it. Uh, huge shout out to uh, Zoe Kravitz for being an amazing Catwoman. She was stunning. Um, I thought she was perfect. Uh, all the rest was fine glass. There was no bad egg in it for me. Um, everybody brought their A game. Um, I went to see it when I went to see it. Um, I went to see it in 4D. So you had the moving chairs, and then oh god, at least four times when the rain would start, you'd get this mist of rain over you. Um, where just, where does that? it was in uh, Cin- Cineworld did it um oh. and I had never been to uh, a 4D screening before um where their half was like oh I went to see the, the the Dune one we should go see Batman 4D so we did um did they just throw sand at you when you're in Dune like, literally just <laughs> everyone, um, it was just a bang of spice throughout the entire cinema and everyone just fucking bags of sand. For the fucking entire... sand. Ah, just, yeah. that's all we got but, yeah. but even like the subtle movement of the uh of the chairs when you were say when the when a camera was panning into an overhead shot and your seat would kind of lean over as the camera was leaning over to look at characters mm-hmm. and stuff kind of cool um so yeah that that added a whole dimension to it um well i Say, Jill, the sound, I was so glad I saw it in the cinema because of the sound design. It was absolutely amazing. Yeah. The funny thing, Darren, do you remember me and you were going into uh, Robert Eggers' last film, The Lighthouse? The Lighthouse, and I, yes. You bought nachos and I said, you can't bring fucking nachos into an indie movie. The funny thing is, you could, because The Lighthouse is the loudest fucking film that's ever happened. And the Batman was the quietest shit in the world, apart from when it was reverberating. You couldn't have nachos in there. I had popcorn no. and I could barely get it in my face. I was waiting 15 minute stretches before I could eat it without being heard. You're waiting for the like, explosions that were really happening. Weird. It was great. Yeah. Yeah. That was yeah. weird. Like for me, when I when I went to see it, like I, I think I it was my second time back in work on a Wednesday and I said, you know what, I'm just going to get back to the habit of going to the cinema. So when mm-hmm. I went, it was there was hardly anyone in it, which I think kind of added to it. And I enjoyed it from start to finish. Um, obviously, I've seen Robert in other in other movies. Like the last, the, the latest one was The Lighthouse. So that's why every now and then, when the camera was when it when the camera was on him and he was in the dark, I got a bit worried. 
what he would channel, but thankfully none of that. But I thought he was great. The the Batman visually, he was scary. That scene at the beginning when he, you know he's kicking the crap out of the gang was deadly. It, you know, when you find out like it's 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 year it's year he's been on it two years, so people know him, people fear fear him. But for me, it felt like the comic uh, Batman Year One. Um, I thought it was really really cool. Um, I I I loved it more because it felt like a detective movie, which is where when I was reading Batman when I was young, that's what it was. It was there was he yeah. had to solve stuff, whereas with the way things are going there's a lot more action and explosions which we did have that kick-ass car, car chase so that's why i'm like you driving home kim must have been interesting you know like um did you keep on looking back to see if he was on your tail um the road, yeah. so that's the problem i was it, it exacerbated by the fact that i got out of the cinema so fucking late because it's so fucking long <laughs> <laughs> that's the thing so I was like, <laughs> it's three hours but it doesn't it didn't feel like three hours there wasn't a, 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 and it's been not that I would, but it was a long time since I felt the urge to go and look and see what time it was on, 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 on my phone, you know. With that movie anyway, I just didn't want to look at my phone once in case I missed something. And I thought all the characters were great. I thought like um, seeing your man, um, uh, uh, Jeffrey Wright, James Gordon, he was, he's been, yeah. he was in, what's the one with the robots before that TV show? Westworld. Yeah, well, he's been in a lot of other things as well, but I know yeah, from last year in Westworld. I, yeah. When I heard his voice, I was like, oh, yes, great choice for, for, for Gordon. And you could see yeah. like he's kind of He's, you know, he's not, he's not fully um, the boss yet, you know, like he's working his way like Batman. So I really, really enjoyed it. Um, I agree with you. Uh, well, I know you're saying there might be a sequel, but that could be self-contained the way it is. Cause there's always going to yeah. be, there's always going to be another, another villain. And it was, without spoilers, it was good to see that, you know, this was the, it felt like this was the, the first person is this first time fighting someone. And, you know, that there's the hint that there's always others coming out of the woodwork, which is always the thing about Batman is, are the bad guys there because of Batman or is Batman there because of the bad guys? And that kind of, that's why I, I, if they left it, I'd be really happy. But part of me wants to see the Batman continue and, you know, grow, grow more and uh, his, his, uh, his, his version of Batman. But yeah, I really enjoyed it. And again, yeah, the three hours, I probably would like, I'll wait for a while, like for a good month or two, not because it's bad, but because it's that way I'll, I'll forget most of it and want to sit down and take it in again and watch yeah, it. There's a lot to it. Like there's a lot you'd kind of have to be in the mood for it because it's so moody. Like it's 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 it it's a film. Like it's it's has uh like a classic album. It mm -hmm. has a thread going through it uh, and a, a vibe going through it. I love that you couldn't make you can't fully make Batman movies without trying to change it now because Gen Z are not going to fall for someone going around kicking the shit out of shoplifters while he's a billionaire. When he could be, I mean, the idea that he could deal with society's rot from the boardroom has always been interesting to me. And I think Gen Z have realized that street thugs are a, uh, are a, are a, a trickle-down effect of a worse thing. And if it was just Batman ki kicking the shit out of uh, muggers, uh, where's the intrigue, you know, it's class. Um, so I seem to be on my own here. Yeah. Because I saw oh. it and I did enjoy it when I first saw it. I thought it was too long. I thought it was too, it tried to be too smart and made smart characters seem dumb. Who, Wayne? Which ones? Batman. So... Bruce Wayne, like to quote Hans Gruber, the benefits of a classical education. Mm, yeah. Bruce Wayne is 
the Dark Knight detective because he is extremely intelligent. He is a genius billionaire. And yet, his Spanish failed him. In, in, in a moment where it would not fail Batman. It was, I think there was a thread, the plot thread in that film that it was fucking terrible as far as writing is concerned. Um, uh, but I the, car the character is, yeah. Say, uh, I hope somebody got fired for that blunder. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, like if I was to put my nerd boy hat on, probably, but um, I just you never take it off. True, this is true. <laughs> this is very true. That's I, what I, is, lad. Yeah, I mean, look, I'll say this I did enjoy it. It was a great Batman film, really was yeah. great Batman film. Patterson, fantastic in the role. Um, Jeffrey Wright, everyone in it was brilliant. Everyone in it was brilliant. Um, I just felt that the writing in parts and the ideas in parts of it, it just felt like too many other films mashed together to make a Batman movie. Yeah, right. I it see was that. it was seven meets Zodiac basically, and it was it was like okay, fair enough. I wanted like the detective stuff to be proper detective stuff, like the fact that right at the start of the film, when they find the murder weapon in the lawyer's or the attorney's place, and he holds it up. And not one dude in that fucking room knew what that thing was for. And I'm going, hang on a second here. Like, there has to be somebody. The law of averages, somebody looks at that and goes, that's for pulling up carpets, lads. You know what I mean? Like, it's, come on. There has to be a, a you know, weekend tradesman. Double job oh. in there as a cop. I just, I felt so, some, of it, some of it stretched a wee bit too much for me. Well, I've heard, Wayne, I've heard from reliable sources that um, uh, GCPD cops, GCPD cops, GCPD cops, they ain't so smart. So, you know, you no, they're, work with. they're not wicked smart, but um, <laughs> I, 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 it was just, there was moments in that I was kind of going, right, okay, I'll, I'll take the leap of faith here because there was one particular moment in the film that I, I <clears throat> mentally punched the air with excitement was the moment that Batmobile revved up. Literally, as soon, as soon as the Batmobile revved up, in that alleyway it was yeah. literally oh just a little bit of sex we came out there lovely um it was just it was an, an amazing sound the sound design on that yeah. alone was just like oh fuck yeah and that entire car car chase the what the cinema i saw in the cinema no i did and here's the thing as well and this could have been part of so with me cinema is always a huge event always has been no matter what i'm going to see being in the cinema to me means a lot this was the first film i saw in the cinema in two and a half years so I, I hadn't been back to the cinema i missed dune in the cinema i rented dune off apple tv when it came out because i couldn't go see it in the cinema like, you know because of everything so the batman came out i was like me and i were like look let's fucking do this it's the batman and you know and yeah. she was like yeah let's go so we went on our first proper cinema date in two and a half years and we strapped ourselves in got our popcorn got our drinks we're like yeah let's go let's go it was quite empty actually it was in in the odeon kulak which is just around the corner from our house and um it w there was very few people in the screen which put me at ease um mm. and it was like this is good great lovely let's sit here munch our popcorn drink our drinks watch the movie and like i was in from the start i was like yeah this is gloomy it's moody it's proper batman-y it's got that gothic noir detective story feel to it love the design the the artist who name escapes me francesco i can't remember his name i apologize um but really good i i can't remember his, his full name i can tell you now give me two seconds i'll 
I'm going because I, I follow on on the old on the old gram, um, and he is a fantastic. Here we go, Francesco Francavilla. Um, <clears throat> he his art design and art art direction or art art basically inspired a lot of the look of the film, particularly the batsuit, um, and the way he draws. He draws he he's his a lot of his stuff is done like nineteen thirties nineteen forties Hollywood, um, it's got that kind of old school feel to it, uh, very much a noir sensibility. What noir <clears throat> inspiring Batman? Tell mm. me more. Yeah, so like it. It pretty much had me. I was like, yeah, I'm all in for this. I want this to be fantastic. I didn't give a fuck about Patterson being Batman. I, I've seen him in films previous to this where he just is literally like knocking it out of the park every single time. Like, you know, yeah. he, he went down the McConaughey route of, you know, I got to pay bills. And he did the Twilight films, made his name and then became a proper actor. Like, you know, if anyone who hasn't seen The Rover with Guy Pearce, go watch that fucking movie. Um, like, he's a cracking actor. He's really good. So I had no fear of him being able to play. Still a young flick. He's still only a young flick. So I had no fear of him being able to play like a moody Sorry. Bruce Wayne. He's such a good actor. Like he was even he was he was really good uh, given the material and the turnover of directors and then Twilight things. Shark and Jaws, love. Shark and Jaws. Yeah, Shark and Jaws. But and he doesn't um, take himself seriously at fucking all, nope. which is such a treasure. Yeah. yeah. I mean, to go from Bale as Batman, who took it so seriously and method acted the bollocks out of it, that even in interviews he put on the Bruce Wayne voice when he was interviewed, because he does that with all of his films, and he filmed that the Bale is in, he'll adapt the accent for any interview he's doing about the movie. He'll still right. have his American accent or whatever the fuck, or if he's been an English guy, he'll have the British accent. It's, it's a weird method thing for him. But I thought he was great as a moody, mopey, I've only been doing this for two years, it's still a mentally broken type of an individual. I did love that we didn't get, didn't have to sit through the fucking death of the Waynes again. I Thank that, you. You know, you know what this more, is. more of that, please. I, mm -hmm. I'll still stand to this day. <clears throat> I still stand on the fact that anyone that's going to see these movies nowadays doesn't need to see the origin stories. We don't need to see them. We know them. No. You know, they, they pulled it off perfectly with Ed Norton's Hulk. They put it in the credits and that was it. Then with Tom Holland as Spider-Man, every fo everyone fucking knows how yeah. Spider-Man became Spider-Man. We don't need the fucking intro. They just dropped him into a movie and then they ran with it. Like with this, with, with Batman, yes, they mentioned that, you know, Thomas and Martha Wayne were murdered. Fine, we all know the story. Um, I just I just think, yeah, they hit the right beats in certain situations. I just think they fell over in other situations as well where it just took him too long to get to a point and it, it was weaving and intertwining where... It was like, lads, you could have cut that down. That it was over exposition in certain parts of it. Um, Maybe you know. I like that he didn't have all the answers. And did I not fucking love that Alfred used to be in the circus? Did I not love that Alfred used to be a spy and could bring that in? I thought that was oh, such a nice touch. I don't well, know. No, he was. He was. He wasn't in the circus. He was Andy Circus. But I'm bummed there. That's a, that's like that's this is just bringing me the the Twitter experience in real life. So come here. One thing I've got a question for you, Wonks, is is there canon about is that canon the the Wayne Arkham Union or did they did they no, create that? and that pissed off a few people. Yeah, I thought that was a bit forced, and it's Very the only thing so, that yeah. Like, whoa, whoa, you can't just be throwing them names around. That was exactly like uh, that, that was Ray Skywalker all over again. It's okay, we can learn more than two names, it's fine. 
but I love <laughs> I love the dubious I love that I mean Thomas Wayne has always been such a god figure to us mm. and it makes sense that we're seeing him through Bruce's eyes all the time so of course it's going to be an untarnished record if you've ever heard a sibling talk about a grandparent that they haven't seen for a long time you're like oh, there's a lot you're forgetting there <laughs> but there's a I love that he fucked up at some point and tried to cover it up and it wasn't extremely bad but the small lie left an opening for Falcone to sow seeds of doubt and uh, fuck the whole thing up I love that um, Batman was only two years old and was maybe wrapping up soon that was like he that he hadn't always been a thing. He was yeah. he was uh he was a thing, but he hadn't always been a thing and people still had uh they still could make up their own shit about him, I suppose. But it was just really really good. Throwing in a blood even reference. Yep, boom, 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 extra mark yeah. for that. I, I did love as well, they did actual nods to the video games with some of the moves and the action in it. Like any of the action in it, there was nods and winks to moments from video games which is unheard of in those type of movies because they wouldn't give video games the time of day and consider them to be you know solid entertainment in most circles so like why pay reference to it but there were references little hints and nods wayne you've seen it so long ago now do you think talking to us has kind of brightened you on it a little bit oh no i watch it again i don't mean continuity when uh... when i first saw it i i came out of it going that was cracking loved it and then i sat in the car like literally in the five minute journey it took to drive around from the, from the cinema yeah. to the house i was like sitting there and i was just it was starting to marinate and i was like oh okay uh, right okay i just i felt paul dano was the riddler was okay he was yeah. all right the assassination of the of the riddler have you seen mm. that the memes on, online so how fabulous he starts off as like Jim Carrey and then yeah. the Riddler in the Gotham show and then the Riddler in the Batman. It's like it's the deassification of yeah. the Riddler because he's less flamboyant as it goes on. I thought that was hilarious. Yeah. Well, thank you much for that. <laughs> we just, uh, it's perfect Gen Z fodder. He's just, you know, an isolated human being that has managed to connect himself to dubious sources all around. That was that was good. Getting everybody together and taking it off. I mean, yeah, bit too real there, but um, I like that. I like that. I wanted I mean, more with maybe with the politician, but maybe that's to come. Yeah, I mean, look, I mean, the, the thing about it is, is that there were elements where it tried to cover a lot of bases and it tried to make itself like an over, over encompassing kind of idea of of Gotham and and. and made it very much like a political thriller and a noir detective film and then the superhero saves the day at the end with the you know with the the kind of the city being under siege and the flooding and all that type of shit which i felt again it seems to be that the batman films suffer from that the third act of the batman films and particularly modern day batman films their third act always has to have that urgency and kind of like a roland emmerich spectacle where like two boats are gonna blow up, or or like the the city. Like I felt that was like a Roland Emmerich Batman at the end, where all these randos were just like you know, you know, in the Roland Emmerich film when you meet, you see the randos like the traffic cop who can see the Empire State Building freezing from half a mile away, and all yeah. that type of shit. Where it's like, 
it's it's it, that's what the end of the of the Batman felt for like to me, where all of a sudden it's in it's in the fucking whatever it was the hockey rink or the, the sta- stadium, wherever it was, and oh, then all of a sudden the thugs were there, and that's that's when it felt like a video game to me because it was like okay, fair enough, and he was dropping in and taking dudes out, and it was all sorts of shit happening, um, because the rid- mission of blowing up the shit, so it the levee broke and yeah. sent all the water in, yeah. and then you could see the side mission of shooting all the politicians, yeah, but uh. Like it's it's very realistic. I know it shouldn't be this realistic, but considering events, I mean, maybe Marine Le Pen has won while we're sitting here. Like, no, she hasn't. She hasn't. No, Mara. But you can see why, like, a political system where the new fresh person still has to deal with this stinking pile of shit that's there. I loved misappropriation of the renewal fund. I love that absolutely gritty corporate shite. And it, it felt very new, yet very 90s vertigo Batman. Yeah. So I, I thought they were great. Wayne is like on the drive home and it's five minutes. He's like, hang on. Meanwhile, <laughs> I'm getting a 45-minute journey across the rural countryside, turning it into a 35-minute journey and having to go, oh, I'm underneath the bridge. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's interesting. Although I am, let's be honest, dimmer than that. So let's just register that. Can we register that? I'm playing with a board marker. Sorry, everybody. Stop giving yourself this service. <clears throat> but, uh, yeah, shrub came, what? Shrub. Yeah, Don't get ahead of yourself, you stupid cunt. You bleeding tick. Can you imagine if that movie was released in 1990, we'd still have erections. Oh, yeah, no, big time, big time. I mean, it's why people still think Batman Returns is one of the best Batman films ever ever made, and they're fucking wrong. So, I mean, you know, it is what it is. Tag, tag him in the description. Well, look, I mean, look, D-Man, I mean, I'm sure... Like things. It's okay. Look, D-Man, if you haven't left by the amount of shit that you like... I like everything. I like everything. Are you giving shit for liking Batman Returns? I thought it was great, especially... Anyway... Well, I like it because A, like Tim Burton, uh, yeah, yeah. B, uh, uh, Michelle Pfeiffer. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and yeah, that, that ticks a lot of the boxes for me. It's not yeah. a Batman movie, but it's one of my favorites. Oh no, it, look, it's a fun... Christopher Walken, you know? Yeah, yeah, as no. my Shrek. It's a Tim Burton movie more than it's a Batman movie. Same way Dark Knight Rises, Nolan, Nolan himself into oblivion in that one. He couldn't behave. <laughs> couldn't behave. No. Couldn't behave. He's like, no. oh, wait. I did a philosophy lecture 14 years ago and it's all going in this one. Yeah. Like, no, no. no I, I, look, I have nothing against Batman Returns. We've had this conversation multiple yeah. fucking times. We even did a commentary on Batman Returns. It's out in the ether somewhere. But <laughs> it's, I, I, I'm just saying like, I... I Bananas. It's, no, it's, it's a good film. I just think it's like Batman has the least screen time of any Batman film in Batman Returns. <laughs> He doesn't really return. He just shows up every now and again, and everyone else gets all the screen time. Um, like you he, couldn't really call it Batman comes in and waves. It wouldn't have that kind of ring to it. it <laughs> you know. But under the Trade Descriptions Act, it would have been better. But uh, yeah, it's grand. Yeah. It's grand, but it's frightfully silly. Hmm. It is. Not, there's nothing silly. wrong with silly. There's nothing wrong with silly. I love a good love silly. Love a bit film. of silly. You know, totally Thank love it. <laughs> But like I, I, yeah. I get it like extra mark for no sky beam. No sky beam. 
yeah, it's fucking Skybeam and everything now. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, good point, actually, yeah. Gotta have beam to the sky letting aliens in. Yeah. yeah. But, uh, Skybeam. Does the bat signal count as a Skybeam, then? It was very... I love that, like... <laughs> bat signal was like... He seemed to be noticing it by accident. And for our American viewers, on accident. He was just, like, chilling and going, oh, I wasn't facing the right direction. Oh, there it is. Whereas in the other films, <laughs> everything else, the focus of his life <laughs> it is, yeah. Yeah, yeah. of his neurology. Whereas in this one, he's like, oh, fuck, someone tried to ring me an hour ago. <laughs> in the other properties, he was waiting for the call. And in yeah. this one, he's already been doing shit. Yeah. He's, ahead of, he's, he's ahead of the call. He's like, oh, I just took out a bad guy. Was, is is yeah. that what that was about? Yeah. Is that the right bad guy I just took it. But it did scare. It did scare them when they seen that. And the, I love that when they seen that the bad guys were like, "Oh fuck, he's up. Oh shit, is he not up? He's already been yeah. used to it. So when that's on, he's definitely on the case. You know? Yeah. So, Does that fear yeah, level was in place? I love that. Yeah. Uh, Jill, this is gonna happen whenever the, uh, whenever we talk about uh, our flag means death. So let's start the series this episode. Um. Uh. What level of buy alarm were you at? Because I had Pat, I had Kravitz. Uh, I think it. I think it kind of ends there. Uh, yeah, it just flicking switches all over the place. You know, it's like I'm trying to concentrate, people. So but hard, you, so hard. Yeah, Although, three hours. It was amazing. They had, they had that Buffy and Angel three feet height difference, so that was a chiropractic. <laughs> yeah. Because she's so teeny tiny. She'd have to stand on a motorbike bike to get a proper go on his face. <laughs> but uh yeah. Oh, gotta write that down for my next whenever Naomi's commission's open again. <laughs> yeah. I mean so I mean look look, the Batman it, it was a it was a good Batman film. It's not it's not the worst in the world, it really isn't. I just well, felt definitely check it out. Everybody should definitely check oh, it out. Definitely, yeah. I mean it's you can now rent it on like Apple TV and Amazon Prime and shit or I think yeah. you can you, but it's like it's it's ridiculous money though. It's like it's nineteen quid or something or seventeen quid just to fucking rent it. Get your bag. Close the cinema. Guys, uh, rank it between Batman movies. Don't give me the full rundown. Give me the one that's above it and the one that's below it. Darren, you start. I can't I'm trying to do uh, all right, somebody more decisive start. Let me have a think, because I'm probably going to think about this. For me, to this day, still, the best Batman film out there is Batman no, Begins. No, no, Denasa, Denasa. I asked. So that's, that's where it's ranked. So it's Batman Batman. Begins, Batman Begins, okay? Yeah. The Batman. The Dark Knight. No, the... bitch. I'm doing it, I'm doing it. Listen to me, let me do it. So No, I'm giving you three, I'm giving you three. Okay. The Batman Begins, The Dark Knight, yeah. The Batman. That's the order. Yeah. yeah, I wanted above and below only. But well, you opened with, I didn't like it, and then put it in the top three. Yeah, no, but hang <laughs> on a second. I said that I said that I didn't, I had problems with it, but I didn't have as many problems with it as I would have had, like, The Dark Knight Rises or the, the Burton films or, you know, the Adam okay. West TV movie with shark repellent. Like, it's, you know what I mean? So it, it ranks in my top three, but there's two better films on it, if you know what I mean. Oh, yeah, but she was two better of everyone. This is the two better versions of me out there, I'm pretty sure. One of them went to DCU in the business school. 
Anyway, uh, yeah, what about you, Dillo? Mm, I... What's under it? What's under it? Yeah. Oh, well, under the Batman for me would be uh, the Dark Knight Rises, definitely. Um, All of the Joel Schumacher's. Um, see, I have a soft spot for Burton, so like I'll, I'll always. You got her something. What? You got her something. Got her something. You got her something. Yeah. I am. I am just a little bit like. Ah, right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. Um. So yeah, I definitely put it in my top three, but I'm not entirely sure what falls either side of it. Um, but then I, I prefer the Dark Knight to Batman Begins. Interesting. I think that's interesting in this group, isn't it, guys? I think we all put Begins above the Dark Knight, and and we are definitely the alter alternatives, Jill. Definitely, everyone else does it the other way around. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I could have done with a bit more clarity, a bit more laser focus in the Dark Knight, because Jesus Christ, he's so stunning, but he locked himself a few times, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. I I feel like he was more on point three uh, in uh, in um, Batman Begins. I'm not refilling this, lads. <laughs> Why? Why? The public health measure. Because it's so Sandra, Sandra's got a diagram for us down here. I think you know Darren is probably writing a list. Yeah. You're trying I'm to. Are you trying doing to remember, like again with my my brain? I'm trying to remember the names of. Uh, <laughs> Movies. Thank God I have the internet, but uh, for the love of God, it won't fucking. Do me. you remember the film? Right. So, so the one with the, the Joker in it is called. Are you going to tell me that somebody yelling a question at you isn't a good way to jog memory? No way. <laughs> no way. No, go on, Demon. Give your list. Go, go, go. What was the one with the the, uh, the Joker in it again? The um, Dark Knight. The, the Dark Knight. Dark Knight. So, that would be my top one because I thought it was an amazing performance of Heath uh, Ledger. Hey, but then here it goes. My fa second favorite, and sorry about this, is Batman Returns. I just you don't even apologize I, for liking the like, movie. Like, like, <laughs> yeah, that would be my second one, and then the third one would be the Batman. Um, oh, it's in the top you know, three of all of us. That's that's impressive, lads. Yeah. Yeah. What's, what's yours, Kim? What's what's yours? Oh. <laughs> Watch what, why do you think I'm roaring a question? No, I'd say because I'm such a political corruption mark, and it's so stupid to say when I just said I don't know when I'll be able to watch it again. Like I don't know when I'll be able to watch it again. But it's fucking, it's it's my it's it's the Batman meal I was promised since the beginning of fucking. It's the most kid Batman. Yeah. But I will revisit this in five years, lads. Yeah, I will see when the next one is out. Yeah, I hope it isn't one of those sequels that devalues the first one, but I don't really see how it could. Well, mm. well the one thing I think is going to what that might devalue it if if Baza. they decide if they Baza. yeah if they decide to go with Barry Keoghan as the uh, as the Joker, Joker because I thought like everyone was losing their shit over it. Over that little clip that they released of him, Four yeah, doing it's and it's the Brian Azzarello Joker, which is fine. It's a cracking yeah. Joker, like you know, yeah. Um, who was also recently just announced as a guest for Dublin Comic Con uh, in August. 
Very nice, man. Uh, Very nice. Yeah. So, um, like, I just, I, I get, I don't know what it is about that guy as an actor. I don't rate him. Um, I don't like. I saw. I've seen him in most things he's in. But I have a theory. Yeah. Must be bunnies. Mm-hmm. No, it's South of Phoenix too. With with him. Cause, yeah, because he's the soundest fuck fucking Northside Dublin, just doing his best to just be a macho, and you're like, oh, who who uh, who could be like that? <laughs> Does it? Do you think it's that Irish thing where it's like you know it's just like with your own projects. Well, yeah, like we think. No, no, no? not for country. Uh, you're not as big a Wayne fan as we are, and if he's too similar to you, you'd be like that. No, I don't understand. You think that. Harry Jenkins? What? I don't understand. I don't, um, I don't get that. No, I just think I think if he was more exotic, uh, you'd probably rate him more because you're used to Northside Dubliners being able to do everything because. Because you can do everything, Wayne. You can do everything, Wayne. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Um, I no look. The dude can act. He's fine. I, I I've no issue with his acting. I just thought I didn't see him as the Joker, and then I saw the clip, and I was like, I just you know what it felt like. It felt like it was like a like a cosplay actor video thing where somebody put together a fan film, ah, um, okay. and then they super cut it in with Patterson as the Batman. That's what it felt like to me. There was nothing wrong but with it. It was put together. It, it just felt like that. It felt like it was like a fan movie less than a, a deleted scene from a movie that I'd seen. I, I think they should have just left the Joker well alone until later. And if they're, like, there's no need for him. There's no need for him. It's no need gonna, to drop him into everything. Yeah, it's, it's, it's the same thing with Superman. There's no need to put Lex Luthor in everything. There's no need to put fucking Zod in everything. There's, there's, a, there's an entire gallery, a rogues gallery of villains you can play yeah. with. Why the fuck is it all like? I get it. The Joker is the most popular Batman villain. Very iconic, but it. also there's yeah. a whole mythology you can pick from. Yeah, let him let let Patterson let Patterson fucking breed for a bit. Like let him get to that point eventually. Like you know, I, I never I never signed off on the name Patterson. Can we strike that, please? <laughs> um, I mean, okay. Bale suffered from the same thing because right at the end of Begins, it's like here. They left his calling card. They call himself the Joker. Like right at the end of the first fucking movie, they were like, "Here's the Joker. Have a bit of that." And then of course we got Leisure, which is fine. Which is it great. was like it was phenomenal. But I, I, I they're, they're always yeah, too eager. Yeah, they're always too eager to just fucking rush the the the, the idea out there. Uh, and that's mm-hmm. when when that happens, we get Jared Leto. Do you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. when they're too busy trying to get the iconic bad guy into every fucking situation you're kind of going lads relax we can wait you know what i mean we're not in any rush here like you literally just made us watch three hours of the riddler dicking about the place we can wait two more movies for the joker mm. you know I ask you guys a question i wonder is there a gap in my brain has there ever been a good movie where jared leto was the star of the movie requiem for a dream like I'm being is he the star of that movie well he's one of the main cast one of them so but, but that's not the star of the movie that doesn't make him the star of the movie no right. I mean it's an ensemble no, he's star in Dallas Buyers Club but I feel like he's been given to us as a bona fide movie star and I don't believe that has been agreed on by the general public I feel like he's never carried a film 
No. Am I right? I don't think he has. He also he also fancies himself some sort of guru and has retreats with fans that cost thousands of dollars. And he's a bit ick. You can never and, uh, little young. Yeah. And anyone who plays pop punk is dubious at best. Um, unless you're unless you're Billy Joel uh, Armstrong, because you can get away with it because you're Billy Joel. Armstrong. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and Jared Jared Leto is. Um, has anybody seen Morbius? I keep hearing it's terrible. I want to see it because it's bad. That's why I want to. Yeah, I'm, su- I'm surprised. You can beat my expectations. I'm surprised you haven't seen it, D-Man. It's nice you haven't. haven't got, yeah. I haven't gotten a chance to, and uh, hopefully this Wednesday. But only because, like, I'm Please not go. expecting much. Not go. If Morbius is in it and he's a vampire, that's me done. I'm fine. That's grand. No, actually, there's a lot of Spider-Man lore that I'm kind of already angry with this movie, so I'm not. I'm I'm not expecting to like it, no matter like what what is it what you're angry with the movie for? Yeah, Sorry. they really fucked it up. No, no, I'm really... not expecting much. I, I I I again, it's I I just want these type of creep these that that like Morbius. I want fighting Spider-Man in the Marvel universe. I don't want it to be you know another movie on its own. Although they did okay with Venom, but I think they missed some stuff. It would have been better. Did they do okay with Venom, Daz? The two Venom movies, the two Venom movies made a truckload of cash. They, I didn't I like the season. I mean, they're good. No, it doesn't, but I mean, they're going to keep making them because... Oh, I know, that's what I mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I felt, you know? I felt the sequel was a letdown for even me, um, but I'm, I'm, I'm like, because of all the, 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 all the fights with Venom and Carnage and all that lore and whatnot, and even the computer game Maximum Carnage, you know, I, that's why I, that, that film let me down. So this, again, I'm not, I'm not going in with high expectations, but again, if there's a vampire in it and it's called Morbius, then, uh, you know. That Venom yeah, sequel was directed by Andy Serkis. Ooh. Really? Yeah, he directed it. Yeah, yeah. He's wow, directing the films now. Because it just it 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 seemed like he threw in sorry, and we're talking about a different movie now. It seemed like he threw in <laughs> the, the um, <laughs> he threw in like I am trying to remember the the other there's meant to be there's meant to be other symbiotes there, like and the, the one the the, the the creature that scre- that screeches, she's meant to be a symbiote, and there's meant to be other symbiotes that are Carnage's mm-hmm. babies and whatnot. And there's a big huge storyline to that. So to throw that in just willy-nilly felt like a bit of a letdown. And then to do the trope that's always done with like old school Spider-Man is like, you know, kill Carnage was kind of a bit of a kind of like there's so much you could have done before you did that. I just think they wasted a lot, you know. Marvel what, has a thing for doing that. Also, villains, though. Huh? They have a thing with doing that for like standalone one movie villains where they'll kill off villains that are or they didn't really have a long-term plan for just to kind of a, as a stopgap until like you know loki can turn up again or thanos or whatever yeah. like a lot of the a lot of the middle marvel films have a villain that is just gone within one movie and i don't think i think like it's surprising that carnage i haven't seen the Phantom films i'll be honest i haven't seen either of them oh, shit, sorry for no you uh, like i'm i'm not i'm not gonna hold yeah i'm not gonna hold any stock in them man i really haven't but like I probably will eventually watch them. Sure, we only got round like I'd seen it already, but Irene hadn't seen No Way Home yet. We only watched it last night, but I'd seen it like a while ago. Um, mm. and obviously Eddie Brock turns up in the after credit sequence of that, and the with Eddie Brock at the end of No Way Home. Yeah, that like thirty second thing. My uh, the, the No Way Home is the first Marvel movie my kids made it through. Uh, all the way, and they were really engaged. Except Rebecca decided she'd go to the toilet during every emotionally charged character interaction. So, cheers, Beck. So, I gotta have a good look at that again because, uh, yeah, 
how, how very dare she? Doesn't she know the bits I like? Yeah, but, uh, yeah so I pulled out my copy of Moonlight signed by Declan Shalvey saying, uh, to Kim, you are the Moon Knight of my heart, which is interesting as a, as a, as a compliment. It's interesting. Um, so uh, sorry, we've had a we've had a symbiote invasion. He heard I'll you say your back. name. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, it's <laughs> trouble. <laughs> Little heads. I see you. I'm not here. I see you. Yeah. I'm gonna get rid of this other personality of mine. I'll be back. Go on. Yeah. So have we all watched? Have we all been up to date with Moonlight? We watched it. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I watched the most recent episode. I can't remember if I've watched the most recent episode. I watched the the last one I saw was the one where he did the thing with the stars. Well, then That's you haven't watched the latest. Episode, you haven't watched the speaks then. Yeah, I've been busy writing this all this week. I've just been writing, so I haven't. I'm behind on my shows. I've, I've, yeah. I'm yet to catch up on Picard, and I'm yet to catch up on Moonlight. So they're the two shows mm. that I kind of sit and watch there. They're on while I'm having breakfast or something in the morning. Um, but Halo. Um, I watched the first episode of Halo. Um, yeah, and, not great. And it starts off really strong, and then he takes off the fucking helmet. I'm like, no, right. I'm I was about to say that was that I was. Mean, me. I was like, he, was like, well, he did a threat. He took the fucking helmet off. It's not supposed to happen. Why yeah. do they always want to get the helmet off? Like, dread seems to be mad. Seems to be the only one where they say that's the one thing you don't take off. Now, this is the way it was until I had a discussion with someone, and I can kind of see sense to it. But I still would have routed if they left the helmet. What I heard was that the reason they took the helmet off, like this is their bullshit, is because in the computer games, you are Master Chief, right? So, so but the reason they yeah. took the helmet off is to say, no, you're not Master Chief. The, he's Master Chief. And you're going to come along for his story of how he finds out about That is an absolutely him. ridiculous that's argument that's for bullshit her. Bullshit argument. That is some bullshit. Jesus. Just that yeah. it was probably the actor going, I want, I want my face well, off. I mean, that's the thing. I don't know who the fucking actor is, but he looks like a fucking potato. And it's like, <laughs> what? what, what I, that's I, normally I, Channing Potatum. Channing Potatum. But I mean, and, and maybe it's a good thing that they didn't cast somebody who's a known actor. I think he's been in yeah. other stuff. I think he has been in other stuff. Yeah. I just haven't seen it. And I just think he is, it, like, when as soon as he took the helmet off and started to act and be John Spartan 117, I was like, no. No, leave the helmet on, dude, please. Mm. I have more. See, here's the thing. As a Halo fan, and I am a Halo fan, I've been there since the beginning, the yeah. first first fucking iteration, all the way through to Infinite. And I have a more of an emotional attachment to that fucking suit of armor than I do to any fucking potato head I'm going to see that he's going to take the helmet off. Yeah. So all this idea of saying, well, you're not Master Chief anymore. It's this actor. No, I have an attachment to the suit, not the actor yeah. in the suit. So show me what yeah. happened. Because all the bit at the start where the Spartans are dropping and taking out Covenant, I was like, fuck yeah. That's, this is the shit I want. And I know they've changed the storyline. They have completely, they've changed it a fair bit and they've added in a lot of stuff to make it like an alternate idea of Halo. Mm -hmm. That's right. fine. I was, I was in for that at the beginning. I knew that was going to be a thing. But whatever it was about him taking off that helmet and just saying, right, you know, let's go. I just completely, my interest in it just went, it just dive bombed. And I wouldn't mind, but everything else in that show looks amazing. There's four all of, out now. I think, yeah, all, all of the Covenant, stuff. all of the Covenant, the Prophets, um, the, you know, I, don't, I think it was Prophet of Regret. I don't know who we saw, actually, what Prophet we saw in the first episode. I can't remember. Um, 
and then there's the human character and it was it was look the lore was there the design was there there was even nods to the old bungee games of marathon and jurandal uh, it they, all the nods were there and mm. it looked phenomenal and like they did that thing darren i reckon you probably you know you squidged in your pants a wee bit when you saw <laughs> that they did that thing that they did in the doom movie where they f- switched the first person shooter camera yes. view yes and where that's you why probably am enjoying it where it's like I think yeah. just did it for that one, but that was yeah, cool. right at the start where the Spartans drop in and Master Chief is taking out Covenant elites. It's like okay, they did that bit. Fine, it's done. Get it out of the way. But it's like, but overall, the acting was good. It looked great. The money is on the screen. All the effects look good. The ships look phenomenal. But as soon as you took off the fucking helmet, I was like, no, nope, I'm done. And I haven't not gone, I, I haven't gone back to as Master Chief. Physically, he is. You know. Yeah. But but the, the, again, I, I'm sure there's going to be a fan uh, out there that's currently CGIing the helmet back on. Yeah. <laughs> At the moment, I suggest you just put your thumb, uh, like follow yeah, your like... thumb around, and then you can get through. Like, because I'm enjoying it. Because uh, as I said I play, I, I I played everything up until and it went to X, the new Xbox. I haven't gotten that, so I missed out on that. And uh, again, it did hurt for a while. And I did get my anger into like why the, and had a big huge rant with my brother about why the fuck do they keep on taking the helmets out? Off have they not have they not learned? He's the only um, Spartan that does it. Like the other Spartans that are in the show, they do the whole thing where you see them from the back of their head, and the helmet then goes on and they turn. Yeah, I don't see why they couldn't do that with they, Master Chief. You get to see their faces. They do that. Do in, they? In, they do it later. Yeah, I've only seen more annoying. Yeah, I, like I've yeah, only yeah. seen it. I've only seen it like in the first episode. So obviously I don't see the other Spartans. Like. It reminded me a wee bit, like why did not why not do it like the Mando in the Mandalorian? They After was he had his helmet that, yeah. on for the entire show until the last episode of season one, and then it was just he had no choice but to take it off or yeah. else it was he was going to be fucked. And then even since then he hasn't done it. It's still on. Like Master Chief is an established character. Everyone knows what he looks like. Fans know that we don't see his face, mm. and like. It's it was it was Stallone dread all over again. It was Stallone dread all over again when it was literally the helmet was on for two minutes and then everything yeah. after that. Then and they do the they did the I see the clip after that where they did the Robert Downey Jr. Iron Man thing where you see his face yeah. inside the helmet Which and he's got great. the heads up display and shit like that. And you're kind of going, what are you doing that for? We don't need that. That's people credit and they overvalue the actors and they're like, people are here for Stallone. They want to see his face and you're like, no, we're not. No. We're there for the helmet and the. the We're here for Rob Snyder. Let's be honest. (laughs) But if you can get past it, Wayne, I think you'll enjoy it. But I can understand how. Like I'm still angry that like I would love to get again. I would love to find the person that like go back in time, find the person that was gonna say that idea. Why don't we take the helmet off and just go no? To to me, that stinks of uh, TV production by committee. That's what that stinks of. Mm. Um, and whatever deal they have with that guy's agent, um. Like Carl Urban, flat out refused to have his face shown when he played Dread. Because he, he was a fan of the comics yeah. as a yeah. kid, wasn't he? And he was yeah. like, "No, absolutely, yeah. you should not see my face. Just focus on my amazing jawline yeah. instead." Please. And he literally had the beginning when he's putting on the helmet. You see the shadow up here, and you just see the jaw. That's yeah. all you should be seeing. Yeah. Just the jaw. The shadow and the light always gets in the way. You see his face. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and then. Was... When I start getting work done, I'm going to go and ask for a dread chin. Dread chin. <laughs> Campbell. I'm, I'm easy. You know. yeah. Oh, my God. Who was here and I didn't know. None of us knew. 
Yeah. I, 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 I knew. Yeah, well, you know all the things. I knew. I got... No, I only knew. I only knew the night before it was happening. So what happened was yeah, I was online. My kids in a bin for two hours to go in and see Bruce Campbell. Yeah, Wayne, that would have been one you'd throw in the old chat there. You want to throw it on the old chat there. Bruce I didn't. Campbell. I didn't. I didn't think, to be honest. Um, um, I was talking to my buddy Dave about this actually, and. And I think it's. Does he know you call him your buddy? Well, my my oldest friend Dave, you know. There we go. Yeah. Um, <laughs> like people that are listening or watching this or don't know who Dave is, but you know. Um, but anyway. So Dave messaged me the the like the day after he the, the uh, so Bruce Campbell for anyone who doesn't fucking know Bruce Campbell came to Ireland uh, it was in the Lighthouse Cinema uh, probably the best cinema in Dublin City in my opinion running yeah so the running a Sam Raimi retrospective and Bruce Campbell came in to a surprise apparently a surprise to announce yeah, he was, he was dead. really Jesus yeah, okay so you saw the pictures like. They were in absolute shock, and the yeah, place was half empty. Like, wow. if they'd known it was coming up, that gift would have been full because I would have been there five times. Well, this is what I don't understand, you see. So, I got, I was talking to what was gaming on the Tuesday with the lads, and one of them turned around, turned around on the chat, said, Lads, I've been offered, there's two tickets going for Evil Dead tomorrow in the lighthouse. Bruce Campbell's going to be there if anyone wants to go. And I was like, Nah, it's okay. Because he's been here before, and I didn't go to that either. He was in the lighthouse a couple of years ago, and then he was here for yes, like a special right. screening. And there's a fair few heads that we know were at that and met him and I got stuff signed. Didn't know that either. Yeah, that happened. Fuck? So that was a good few years ago. Now I want to at least say six or seven years ago. Um, right, okay. And I did know that Bruce Campbell was in the UK recently, and it was I think it was linked with Doctor Strange as well, because Doctor Strange and the multiverse thing is being directed by Sam Raimi, and of course he's going to put Bruce yeah. Campbell in the fucking movie. I wonder what he's going to be. Yes. He's finally going to get. A good nod or just a side nod? I reckon it's gonna, he's going to be an alternate Doctor Strange for a second. Like literally oh, linking and miss it and it'd be like, yeah, he'll be, be Doctor cool. Strange. But, uh, but yeah. In the car. Yeah. So I, I, I knew, or Mysterio, because initially, initially the rumor was back in the Sam Raimi Spider-Verse when he was making the Spider-Man movies, Spider-Man 4 was going to have Mysterio in it and it was going to yeah. be Bruce Campbell. For all because, his hard work, he was going to get the out yeah. of work after that, you know, and it would fit really really well with him and, and the point was, yeah and the point was that all the characters that bruce campbell had played in the previous films were all mysterio because he was building up to becoming oh, the wow. villain that he became in the fourth movie probably the best idea that the raimi films had because it's it, anyone that knows me knows that i didn't really like those movies a lot i liked parts of them but i wasn't the biggest fan of the raimi spider-mans um, and i've had people go what when i've said that but <laughs> it, it is what it is um, yeah, you can tell I before, else I would have been a Watt merchant. Yeah. Wayne has has No Way Home made you look at them in a different light. Or no Way still... Home, in my opinion, gave all of those actors who played the villains in the Raimi films, apart from apart from Alfred Molina, because Alfred Molina was the best thing about the Spider Man film he was in. Yeah. I will always say he that was. he was phenomenal, and still is phenomenal as yeah. Doc Ock, and he was great in No Way Home. But I felt that William Dafoe finally got to give the two middle fingers to that horrible fucking costume power ranger outfit that was yeah. it was the, one of the worst designs in in cinematic history of a villain's sure. outfit 
that True, I think it's, it's, it's stunted his performance. It stunted his performance, and he basically got rid of that outfit, and he was able to act and be William Defoe and be the best goblin I've seen on screen easily. Doctor Green is wicked anyway. It's iconic. It like reminds me of Goblin whenever, even even when he's just himself smiling. I can is he channeling Goblin? Well, and he's the nicest man. He's just the nicest man with the most giant dong, just chilling in his life, and he's able to act like that. He's just this, just this mad looking face, such a lovely uh, face. face, gigantic cock, just chilling. Why are you smiling, Goblin? That makes a lot of sense now. He's something of a porn star myself. Um. <laughs> please, title of the episode, please. please. Um, well, like, I mean, yeah, but if you, if you've seen, was it the Lars von Trier film that he was in? Um, was it Lars von Trier that he did with your one in the woods? Um, what's yeah. the name of that movie? Is am I right? Am I right? Was it the right director? It was just a. It was like he like because there was a while there. William Defoe was just in these films for writing. That's all he was doing. Yeah, yeah, I think you're right. Um, yeah, body evidence is another cracker for us. Uh, nineties <laughs> out there. If you were a bit weird in the nineties, uh, I, I, I got this image of him uh, like talking to his uh, you know agent, going, "No, I said writing, writing." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, now he's doing movies with writing in them, but that's true. <laughs> He had a Dublin agent who didn't understand him, Wayne. That's or or Darren. That's right. Yeah. Because uh, yeah, yeah. A lot of nice, absolute smut out there in the nineties for us. Jade and Sliver and Body of Evidence. You're like, give it, yum, 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 yum. Yeah. Yeah. There was, and they they tried to make a comeback there recently with um the new Ben Affleck and that theme the 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 fantastic female actress who was in Blade Runner twenty forty nine as Joy. Who her name always escapes me, and Mooney is more than happy to tell me who her name, what her name is, but a uh, um, very, very good actor, beautiful woman, um, but herself and Ben Affleck are in a, a new erotic thriller that they've wow. brought out. Um, it's out. It's out. It's out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's out. Yeah. Can't remember her name though. She's a brilliant actor. Oh, man. Um, we mean we have the internet at our disposal. We should be looking this oh. shit up. Although when we're in the pub, we don't. So uh, that is true. Well, we do and we don't. It depends. We just don't let on. Anna de Armas. That's her. Crazy. Yeah, that's her. I'm like I've gotten to this, and this kind of loops back to what I was saying a while ago about the whole Bruce Campbell thing. My my oldest friend in the world, Dave Murphy, messaged me about yep. the Bruce Campbell thing the day after it happened and said. Oh, did, did you know about this? Blah, blah, blah. I said, I did. And I knew he was going to be there. And he says, but it was meant to be a surprise. He says, well, when I was told about it, it and I was offered tickets, I was told he was going to be there. But I think my sensibilities of, of my excitement about going to see things, if the promise of an actor is going to be there, has died over the years. Mm. Um, Why? I don't know. I don't know. Maybe I'm jaded. I don't know. The Lighthouse got yelled at for not promoting that. And they came out and said, lads, we honest to God didn't know if he was going to be here until a half an hour before he was here. That's Like, weird. we didn't know whether he was going to get on. We didn't know, based on his commitments in the UK, whether he was going to make it or not. So they couldn't announce it. But then once he gets here, everyone like me is really mad because I've, I've never met him. Did I tell you about the time I horrified a Booker, uh, Booker Award winning writer? <laughs> no, go on. No, which one? Jan Martel, author of Life of Pi. No so, way, really. I have so so. Um, Matt Man, our friend Matt Man, 
Uh, he has a copy of Bruce Campbell's autobiography, If Chins Could Kill, and it is inscribed to him. It was uh, his mate Shane was in America and he went to a convention and Bruce Campbell was there and he got the book signed by Bruce Campbell and it said, I'm smiling so much because I know where this is going. Uh, he said, hey, Matt, stay groovy. Love, Bruce. So I heard that Jan Martel, author of Life of Pi, incredible book, questionable film. Do you guys like the film? I haven't seen it. Well, yet to watch I it. like it. Keep on me. Anyway, uh, the, book. the book is great. He's a he's a he's a Canadian writer and he's a tiny little man and he's uh he kind of didn't want to be at that press event anyway. It wasn't his fault. They brought out a very lush illustrated version of the book. Mm. Now it's a novel. If you're gonna bring out a picture book version of it, I like I don't know that they had as full consent, but the artist the Polish artist that did the artwork is really beautiful. It was a stunning book. I can guarantee you got paid anyway. I got paid, but I think he was forced to promote it when he didn't really approve of the enterprise. And like artists out there, I feel your pain. I'm so sorry for the indignities you have to go through to make to get that bag. But he was in Dunleary in uh, Debray doing a signing of this big, thick, uh, picture book, Life of Pi. So I got to ask him a good question during the Q and A. Uh, I was very pleased with the answer I got, and I seemed like a somewhat serious person. So I went up with the two copies of the book, and the first one was for me. And I said, "Hi, is it okay if I get these two signed?" And he's like, "Sure, sure." He's like, "What would you like?" And I said, "Oh, anything. That one's for me. So anything you want to write." So he write. He wrote, "Dear Kim, hope you find." Spoilers for Life of Pi redacted, okay? Love, Jan. Fine. Oh, or no, not love, Jan. <laughs> Jan Martel. Fine. Second book. Okay. <laughs> what do you want on this one? I said, could you write, dear Matt, stay groovy. <laughs> <laughs> and he did lads when I say he did this sideshow Bob like shudder like the uh, like the body shiver like (laughs) what my life has become (laughs) he was so he fucking did it he did it (laughs) I wanted all I wanted all of Matt's books to have dear Matt stay groovy stay groovy whatever so Oh, but I feel like I shortened his life just a little bit by asking him to do that. But you know, what are you gonna do? Not emulate Bruce Campbell everywhere you go? Yeah. I'm gonna yeah. start answering the phone like this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, I'm sure I'm sure he'll be back at some point, you know, at an event yeah. or you know, at a convention. He was back a couple of years ago, so he'll... Yeah, like it's not the first and not the last time he's gonna be around. I wouldn't worry too much I about mean, it. You'll see him. That sounds, that sounds like you're really tempting fate there, Wayne. So I'm gonna just gonna if you could just stick things in the chat. <laughs> I, I have I, a, I, yeah. 
No, go. As, no, I was going to say any future notifications that I have told. You know, when my Bruce Campbell tracker goes off, I'll make <laughs> yeah. you aware. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The Wayne Tick. Yeah. The 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 nerd symbol that goes over the city. Yeah. What would it be? What would the bat symbol for Wayne be? If I know, Jesus. A point. Um, yeah, point of yours. Um, <laughs> what were you going to say, Jill? Jill, what were you saying? Yeah. Oh, I was going to say, um, uh, you guys have probably seen this because you've had Disney Plus a lot longer than I have. But um, there's a great little series called Hit Monkey. If anybody hasn't checked it out, you should check it out. Have you seen it, Wayne? I haven't. No, it's on the list. It's on the list of, um, of, 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 of a few things to watch. So, um, what's his face? Um, Ted Lasso. Jason, Jason, Jason so he does one of the uh, main voices in it so does George Takei and Olivia Munn and it's basically if John Wick was a monkey and had a ghost to guide him uh, <laughs> that's it <laughs> that's the premise of the show but it's, uh, it, 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 it's on uh, if you're looking for it it's, uh, it's technically on the, the star network under because uh, yeah. it's for adults yeah, yeah right. it, it's 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 cartoon for adults. Um, I think the episodes are maybe twenty two minutes long, um, yeah. and, and it's not violent. On the go at any time, yeah. So, um, it's really fucking enjoyable. Uh, I'm maybe about six or seven episodes into it, and uh, it's really it's really good. Some people die horrifically. Um, it's wonderful, huh? In a cartoon. In a cartoon. I know. In the hands of a monkey. <laughs> at the hands of this very sweet looking monkey initially but you know he's uh got some issues and there's a whole like there's a whole thing where other monkeys die and they speak to him for the afterlife so you see <laughs> so I, I get into fits of giggles whenever this happens because i'm just like oh my god it's like mufasa from the grave you know <laughs> remember who you are <laughs> but uh give it a go because it's great it is a Marvel show. It is a Marvel show yeah, as well. Yeah, yeah, it's a Marvel show. Is it based on a yeah a pre-existing comic? Yeah, as far yeah. as I, as far as I remember, Hit Monkey is yeah, a comic. Yeah. It's one of those. It's so there was there was two series that they did in animated uh, animated shows that the Marvel did, and I think they both premiered on Hulu in the states. I think, right. uh, but they're on Disney Plus here. Uh, yeah, Mo Duke is one of them, and Hit Monkey is the other one, and they were on. They're on Mar. They're on Disney Plus. Um, yeah. I, I, I mean, I think we didn't fully talk about it, but we were all. I think we're all watching it. I'm not up to date with the latest episode, but we've all watched Moon Knight. Yeah. Well, I thought I was hooking y'all onto a Moon Knight chat. Before That's we kind of segued into. Yeah, yeah. We segued into yeah. Halo from you that. Mean like, there was a segue on on podcast. Hmm. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Monkey on a segue. I hate monkey on a segue. Oh my god! I want to see a monkey on one of those things. Jesus, um, yeah. Like I mean, it's 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 good. It's really good. It's probably one of the better uh, Marvel TV series that they're out there. And it's only like it's only meant to be like six episodes long or six or seven episodes long. It's finishing up in like yeah, yeah. I'm not a dead horse. I am. I I love uh, Ethan Hawke being a bollocks in Moonlight. Yeah, yeah. Good and creepy. Yeah, he's in he's in the Northman as well. Oh, cool. Is that why he had the long hair then for that as well? Hmm. Yeah, or maybe it's not fancy legs. Yeah, 
Um, I'm tempted. I'm tempted to, to check out the Northman Cinema soon. Probably in the next week I, or so. I would recommend it. Um, like I am a fan of things like Vikings and whatnot. And and funnily enough, I hadn't. I don't think I had seen any Robert Eggers movies before I saw the Northman. Then I saw that. Uh, last Monday, and then I watched The Witch the other night as well, which was fucking great. Yeah. Which is phenomenal. Your yeah. one with the eyes is in both. I mean, Taylor Joy. Yeah. Um, but it's. Um, you're, one, you're one there with the eyes. You know, you're one, you're one with the with eyes. The eyes. <laughs> um, it, it's got like a phenomenal cast. It's, it's yeah. um, the, the, the very delicious Alexander Skarsgård. Um, Annie Taylor Joy. I'm going off. I've said ready. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Kim, Kim, you're <laughs> To this movie because you've got Alexander Skarsgård, Annie Taylor Joy, Nicole Kidman, Ethan Hawke, Willem Dafoe. Uh, I'm missing people now as well, but they're like the top five. Like, Bjork. Bjork is in it too. Bjork is in it. Bjork, Bjork, Bjork shows up as a as a, 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 a kind of witchy character. Um, don't want to give anything away, but she's all like spooky and ethereal. So I'm like, oh my god, of course it's Bjork. Yeah. Presume because you're a completist and a collector, I presume you're going to watch The Lighthouse the next world. Would you please yeah. text me after you watch it? Please text me your first thoughts. They're okay. really good. <laughs> <laughs> it's not, it was on the list of, of stuff that I was going to watch the weekend, and it was just The Witch one. Um, the Witch is a cracking film. Yeah. I think my father to the cinema about once every 10 years, and I normally bring him to some big mad event that the cinema makes the most of. And I thought the Northman, uh, thought the Northman might be the next thing. Is there too much riding in it to sit beside your dad? There is a bit of riding in it now. Yeah. <laughs> There's naked riding in the woods. Um. Orto, mind you, the last thing we watched together was in the cinema was Django Unchained. So you might be able. I watched there's something about Mary in the cinema with my mother when I was 15, and I don't oh, know who died of embarrassment more. Oh, that day. Oh. Uh, and we brought, remember we talked about it like 10 years later. It was like, were you mortified? Yes, I was. Were you? Yeah, yeah. I, was. I never, the only thing I ever watched with my parents when I was younger, there was two things, right? And it wasn't really so much mortification as that they had worries about me afterwards. I watched Reservoir Dogs with my mom. Right? right, and this was this was when it was banned, and I had to get a pirate copy of it from uh, a, a kind of a car boot sale market uh, in fucking out in the country somewhere, right? And it was a perfect copy too, because it was like just a copy f- copy from a video from the UK. And then the second thing I used to watch with my dad weekly, because he only stayed up to watch it with me because he thought I was fucking strange, was Twin Peaks. Like my dad, my dad, the most north side of Dublin men of his generation. He's now in his seventies. Would not have a fucking clue what was going on, yeah. but sat there to make sure that I wasn't going crazy. Um, how sound of how sound is that? That he wanted, he wanted to kind of all right. and be there in case it was. I, I, I think yeah, and I get you sure. I think that was part of it. I think also the fact is like I'm so different to everyone else in my family that. My dad at some point was trying to find something to bond with me over and he thought yeah. that this was it. And it was it was like no and but I could see his face watching it going, This isn't it, this isn't it, this isn't yeah. it. And then and we did we did eventually find stuff to bond over. Like my dad gave me my love of building models. Um yeah. and I gave him a look of love of playing the Mega Drive. Because I love Western. I mean, Yeah, Western. well no, Westerns came from my granddad. Oh. 
Westerns came from my granddad. Oh. Boxing came from my granddad. Um, because oh, more I, stuff came from your granddad. More stuff came from my granddad and my dad. But my dad gave me my love of building models and um, all that type of stuff. Um, but it, 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 it was, it was really... Normally what happens is the weird kid just ends up like pretending to like football to bomb with his dad. And I, know, I love the, that he crossed the line. My dad was not a football... See, that's the thing. My dad's not a football person. Come on, Jeff. My dad is not a football person. My, my brother is a football person. But my dad isn't. My dad isn't. My dad doesn't have a team. He doesn't follow any of that. My dad isn't into sports. It's probably something I got from him. But, no, but what I, I just mean that normally the kids uh, make some step across to try and like even fake an interest in something their dad likes because they're because they're trying to make a bond. And he came to you instead. Sure. I think that's good. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um. But no, I mean, it, like uh, when I grew up and moved out, like it, it obviously changed because he was like. You know, he didn't. He didn't keep watching Twin Peaks. He didn't watch the sequel series. You know what I mean? You know what I mean? He didn't. He didn't go track that down. But uh, uh, yeah, look, it, like it is a thing. Like no, there is a generation of, of of Northside Dublin families that like there's that like that Gen Z Gen X kind of weird gap where it was a complete generation gap for a lot of people, and TV and like I was, I grew up in the burgeoning moments where Channel Four was showing anime at two a.m. in the morning. And we were all staying up to watch it or else record it. And, you know, the families didn't know what the fuck this shit was. You know? Wait, so. you just fucked up one of my, my sob stories. I like to talk about how I didn't get to see anime until college. You're telling me all I had to do was, like, stay up later. Yeah. That was old school Godzilla. Always late night. Yeah. Yeah, Channel 4 was the goldmine of that shit. Like, I remember there was a series of... It, it was... It was you want you want to say it was like I want to say it was like late, kind of maybe ninety three ninety four, definitely ninety three, where Channel Four showed for about six months, six to eight months they had weekly, they had a, an ongoing they showed all the OAVs so the old the mini series of anime so they had three by three eyes, uh, Tokyo Babylon, um, they showed Dominion Tank Police all of these anime series that are like at the time were like five parts or two parts or three parts. Um, then they show the Legends of the Five Kings, which is like a twelve-part story for twelve weeks. Well, it, at the time, that's what like now you're looking at Naruto and Bleach and stuff like that. Where and that's even shown. That's even old at this stage. Now it's like Demon Hunter and all that type of stuff and and Death Note and all those type of things are are long. Like Naruto is ridiculously long. It, it's kind of like the Pokemon format as well, though, where Pokemon is, you know, you know that. And and funnily enough. And I messaged today about this. I messaged the group chat about this today. My daughter, as of today, has started watching Pokemon. Four years of age. And Irene was sitting there going, Irene was like, look at the fucking proud face on you. You're so smug. She's watching anime. I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Big time, yeah. But um, there you go. Here's Jiggly. Um, but yeah, she's... She, and she call me Jiggly. She knows the theme song. It's, it's Pokemon Journeys, Kim. That's what she's watching. It's so good. It's so it's it's one of uh, oh no, one of Ash's best rigouts is actually that 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 kind of uh, sound. Uh, I have to say oh, the, the yeah, you're you're going to say. But I wish <laughs> like, it was such a fucking Gen One or when we did our podcast special. Mm. That still is one of the most popular episodes. Ooh, baby. that still gets that still gets downloaded a lot. 
after this. <laughs> Love to see what point they went off. Because uh, Naomi Ryan are bringing the heat. And I'm like, yeah, I like Arsenine. But, uh, like, the, since then, since then, like, um, between the games and my kids' interest in the card game and things like that, I, I have a more holistic view of the whole thing. But Pokemon was, was my first anime. And it's such, it's so dopey. And I love that weird kids. Shout out to the weird kids who can just watch anime whenever they want. I mean, that it feels like a human right. It feels like a service. You should have yeah. housing, food, and anime if you're weird. And um, I, that's just <laughs> saying it right now. And the Pubcast party endorses this as a basic tenet of yeah. our uh, manifesto. Yeah, big time. I mean, because I remember me and Mike growing up, when Chartbusters was a thing, the alternate to Extra Vision, like the version of Blockbuster that we had in this country, because they used the same kind of font and color as, as Blockbuster, but it was called Chartbusters. Yeah, yeah. But they were the only rental video rental store you could go and rent anime at the time. So they had the one in Blanchardstown Village had this anime section. I think I've said this before on podcast many moons ago, but they had an actual anime section that had the old manga or at the time the brand new manga distributed VHSs of Legend of the Overfiend, Akira, um, Dominion Tank Police, uh, Project Echo. Crying Freeman, Fist of the North Star, all of them that they came out in the, the early 90s that eventually made it onto Channel 4 late at night. I still have all of those VHSs upstairs. Um, I bought them all. Um, I have them upstairs. They're still there. I've got like a stack of... What? I have a VHS player. I have a jewel. I, sorry, do I have what? I said, do you have to play them on? Oh, yeah. yeah. Sorry, yeah, I do. Yeah, I've got a, I've got a jewel... DVD VHS player up in, up in my study that I watch them on. So. Wayne, how's your cardiac situation before I say the next thing? Are you, oh, you okay? Your blood pressure's okay? My blood pressure's I'm okay. I'm Jill and now I've got trees last for so long in my head. I have never seen A. Akira and B. The Evil Dead. No Evil Dead? Hang on, hang on a second. Hang, hang on a second. Okay, okay, no, that's fine. That's fine. No, like, Evil Dead 2 essentially is a remake of Evil yeah, Dead. Yeah, yeah. You know, we yeah, all know that. That's fine. Akira, that's fine if you haven't seen Akira. That's okay. There's people out there. Um, I you know? with you for how long and I've never seen Akira? That, this has come up a few times this with different You can only do so much with you. No. <laughs> <laughs> See, I don't, I don't, I don't sit people down and go here, fucking clockwork yeah, orange the bollocks out of them. Like well. I'm like, and I don't <laughs> clockwork orange people and go watch this bollocks and just jam your eyes open. Like, oh, it tends to be a bit of symbiosis when you're living in 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 the house with someone, and there was, yeah. I feel like you had about eight versions. Like I feel like I do, I do. I've got, I've got Akira on. So here's the thing, here's the thing with Akira, right? Akira has had, and I could be wrong on this, but roughly, easily, has had four different dubs in English, right? And the Japanese dub. Well, this the thing. The 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 original English, the original English dub is what the first version I saw, and the voice actors that are in that are some of them are the same voice actors that ended up being voice actors in Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles from the Fred Wolf Studios that we watched in the 90s. Right, right. So the likes of did who did Tetsuo's voicing, Canada's voice, and a few other heads, yeah. you're kind of going, I know that voice. That's that voice actor who's, you know, I know that voice. 
and it's but then they dubbed it and it happened to a couple of other animes as well where there was redubbings of re-releases and it's different um but the akira one has had multiple dubs and multiple re-releases where even the subtitles are different um so i have to have each version so i have i have akira on video on vhs twice i have it on dvd twice i have it on blu-ray i have a blu-ray box set really nice blu-ray box set that's ancient now at this stage i have that and then i have it on 4k 4k re-release i was just gonna say have you got it on 4k the beautiful a beautiful 4k re-release came out there at the start of the pandemic um and funnily enough i got it through zavi who are famously shit at sending things to you on time and when they don't yeah. send it to you on time they just send it to you again so i got two copies so i gave one to mooney because uh, he wanted to buy it and then it was gone so i gave it to him and then did he okay um um but uh and he get in fairness he gave me saving private ryan in 4k which is um yeah so um so i have a lot of copies of akira the same way i've got a multiple copies of ghost in the shell as well yeah yeah because they're the two quintessential animes that most people have i funny enough and this is a slight segue but it links um yesterday was world of book day and yep. i went and joined up to the local library unbeknown unbeknownst to me that was world book day but i still went um and got a, i got some nice books and D- dublin libraries now they're all getting nicely renovated and they're all they all look phenomenal uh, and they've got some great initiatives for kids which helps amelia and we've all i've chatted with you guys about this off stream or off recording but they now you can now borrow video games dvds blu-rays that fucking works and they have four copies of akira in their dvd library all different versions of all did- different iterations throughout the years from the initial dvd release blu-ray and two two, two different blu-ray releases and one of them is a steelbook and this is in the kulak library and it's fucking blew my mind that that stuff is just sitting there on the shelves you know it was just it was great Somebody to, see. to discover yeah 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 it's like it's yeah but i mean see we've gotten to the stage now in the in the in the pop culture lexicon and, and and general zeitgeist thing where there have to be people out there that have never seen it yeah you yeah. know they've never heard of it they've never seen it because it's it's kind of come back around all the stuff that it influenced it's because that came in eight it came out in 88 mm-hmm. probably hit our shores in the, in the early 90s the the generations of filmmakers that have been influenced by that movie and subsequent yeah. other anime films that came out like ghost in the shell that then influenced like the Wachowskis were influenced by Akira and Ghost in the Shell when yeah, making the Matrix yeah. big time but there's other filmmakers that have been influenced by that and it's it's a circle that's going to come back around that more and more people are going to rediscover these things and classic films that they've never seen and and it is I think given the the discourse following this year's absolute debacle that was the Oscars and the comments that were made about animation at the Oscars and how it's not taken seriously as a filmmaking yeah. process um when i think in, in this day and age but i think everybody knows that is bullshit when you consider when you consider the level of animated movies that are coming out like even the worst animated movies are still well received like considering the drought there was uh, at certain periods in time we're absolutely ruined. Like the the quality of the things the kids are watching these days. Yeah. And then my only issue with current animated movies 
is, I mean, if you look at things like Encanto and Turning Red, they're just, it is so good for kids and adults to be absolutely feasting on the same material, to be able to bond with your kids about this. Uh, the only thing is, if you're going to see them in the cinema, they're two hours long and they're 20 minutes short. What the fuck? You know, yeah. uh, that's, that's my only uh, concern about that. Um, I was going to say, uh, oh, she did, lads, she did refill this. She said she wasn't gonna, but then when she got <laughs> off camera for three minutes, she fucking did, which means I lost the thread. Uh, <laughs> there was something you were saying, Wayne, about the lie, by the way. And I was going to ask you about something, but I forget. So moving on, how are you, lovely people? Good. I'm going to go for a pee break, so talk amongst yourselves. Oh, okay, okay. Because we're bringing up cartoons, we're bringing up cartoons and whatnot, and I'm just going to say, like, I, I love Pacific Rim, and the second season of The Black just dropped on uh, Netflix, so it's like... Dropped on Black, Darren? I've never heard of it. It's just, it's, um, it's, well, re- well, if you're a big Pacific Rim fan, it kind of continues the story, and I'm going to butcher it, because I've already forgotten half of, the, uh, like, the first season, but it kind of, um, it's... A few years on, uh, more kaiju have come through. Humanity's not doing so well. People are hiding and whatnot, and it surrounds about this couple. It's animated. It's animated, yeah. Um, I, I, it's, it's, it's kind of it's computer animated more than like you know what we're used to. And I'm at the beginning, I wasn't enjoying it, but I've gotten used to it now. But I'm loving the story. Like this, it's. Uh, Why would you keep watching something when there's so much content? And every like every time we talk about anything on podcast. One or two of us always goes, oh, been meaning to see it. Oh, been meaning to see mm. it. There's so much stuff. Golden age of television, blah, blah, blah. There's too much stuff. Oh, like, I've got two other shows I want, yeah, I want to mention. There's the reason, so but... much genuinely good stuff out mm-hmm. there. Why would you persist with something where you didn't like it at the beginning? How many it's, episodes? Oh, no, no, no. Did it, was, it was, let me, let me, you see, certain, it was, the story was brilliant, but I wasn't, the animation, I, I, I don't, I'm not uh, really a fan of, of that type of, of, like, too much CGI. But it's just an old version. It's sorry. It's just something from when I was young, and I've I've decided no, nope, get rid of that because this is good, and I I'm, and I'm enjoying it now. You know, I, I fear change. No, um, but um, I'm a bit also the reason that I'm a big Pacific Rim fan, and even though <laughs> Wayne just zooms in to say, I, I, I love one, and I, and I I will say it, like I I was didn't really enjoy two as much as others, but I can see why. So that's why when the series dropped. And continued the story, and it, as I said, it centers around um, a family. Uh, the mother and father are pilots, and they're pretty much uh, they're hiding with their kids, and they have to like leave to kind of um, to to find help. And then it continues like fifteen. Sorry, the, the, when it, when it goes back to the kids, they're fifteen, sixteen, and they find their this kind of um, training uh, Jaeger, and that they go out to find their their parents, and it, it the story starts there. And this is the second season, and it's uh, well. I'm personally, I'm really enjoying it. I'm halfway through. I, it. I didn't so even know this existed. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm, again, it's it's on Netflix. Pacific Rim: The Black. Um, take it with a pinch of salt. Remember, I'm liking it, but um. <laughs> <laughs> well, I will say this, D man. I I actually love the second film, and I know you didn't like it as much. It, so it was, it, I can never get the words across when um sometimes because I was so heated. But I think for me, Pacific Rim was very was very dark bleak you know humanity was it was um about to go and then yeah. uh, and i can say it now because i've had a lot of time to think on it pacific rim 2 most people were losing their shit because someone from like a, uh, 
It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia was in it again, and he had more of a uh, more of a bigger part, and that's what I found people were focusing on. It was more Transformersy. It was less bleak. It was oh look, here's more like mm. robots. It, that bleakness, that the the, the 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 sacrifice of the characters yeah. from the first movie, that got left. It's like let's put loads of giant robots on. Let's like get rid of this bleakness. Let's have the kids more involved. It was pretty much another. As much as I love Transformers, it was it felt like a, a Michael Bay Transformers movie without remembering what happened before. Who Whereas this, the second one, the, the, well, I can't remember. Can't remember. I, I've, I've never watched it since, and that's why I know I know I don't like a movie when I can tell you how much I haven't watched it, and I haven't watched it since. So that that so there's another movie that I don't like. And I, D man, I, can I ask? Um, there. See, the reason why I loved it, right? And this is I know this is like. We're doing fucking. It's like yeah, number two. We're we're doing kind of like discussion necromancy here because we're bringing something back that like it's from forever ago, but um, I I loved it because at the time I was reading a comic book and I'm I don't know if it's finished actually because I don't know if it I can't remember I think it has but um um Mech Cadet U was the name of the comic book from Boom Studios, and Pacific Rim Two was pretty much the plot of that comic book which was about a bunch of kids who were saving the universe in giant mech robots. And I thought, I thought that, that that's why I loved it anyway. And well, well, this is why, but it's funny, it's because like this thing is, it's set from the, it's basically the kids, they grow up and they, they find the, the training mech, uh, sorry, the, 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 the training Jaeger, and they go to find their parents. And I'm loving that because it hasn't, it's done in such a way, the story that the bleakness is still there. I'm like, that's what I'm saying. I think it was too, for my, for me anyway, they got mm-hmm. rid of the bleakness, and I couldn't believe it. Whereas if they would have done what this is, what this is doing, I would have been sitting there going, "Yes, that's my only problem." With sure, that. sure. You know, like, um, um, but like, yeah, that that drops on Netflix is my point for anyone that has been looking for something for their Pacific uh, Rim kind of something to watch. That's there. Darren, um, this it, is safe space. You never have to apologize for saying Mac instead of Jaeger instead of Gymelis. We are inclusive. Well, I should have said Gundam. Yeah, it wasn't better. <laughs> on the podcast, we we embrace all giant robots. One one oh. last. Well, actually, there's two things I want to say, but they're brief things. Uh, you you mentioned um oh god that take your space, Darren. Um, I've just forgotten it now, and I want to uh, Twin Peaks. Yes. Yeah. The reason I want to bring it up is because uh, it's funny. I watched an episode of Outer. No, hang on, I'll have the name because the internet. Yeah, Outer Range. Have you watched that yet? That's the new Josh Brolin show, yeah, isn't it? With, with, with Thomas Josh Brolin. Um, it's coming out each week. Um, Is it good? I watched the first episode. And now I understand Twin Peaks. Uh, a little bit more. Not okay. very much, but I was kind of like, what the fuck did I just watch? I thought I want to watch more of it. Uh, I so saw I the trailer it. and I saw him talk about it on Hot Ones a couple of weeks ago. And it looked really interesting. I, it looked, it, <laughs> he it was looked talking like, about a Twin Peaks spin-off while eating fucking wings. No, it's not a spin-off, but it, I can understand. It, yeah, it's weird, and it, I got some of it because set in a ranch. Yeah, set in a ranch, a, a family. There's you know stuff to figure out, and then there's other stuff that, and you're like, huh? And but yeah, but again, that's it could turn bad, it could turn good. It, it Josh Brolin's in it, which he's and he, as a cow as a cowboy on a ranch, he's doing it really really well. And the 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 the, the, the bit of the plot I can understand, I'm enjoying. But the other stuff, I can't wait to find out what the fuck it is and what's going on. But anyway, that's that's why I'm like, I now understand a little bit. But again, I I, I haven't watched all Twin Peaks. I kind of watched a bit of it and went, 
Okay, I, I, yeah, I'll come back to this, and I will. Yeah, I'm, I'm halfway through season two, having a hard time. Of what, Twin Peaks? Dim, though, in fairness, like, I'm a bit dim. I mean, My like... My sexual alarm is going off non-stop. <laughs> it is, no, there's a lot of pretty-looking people in that show, yeah. for sure. I mean, I love the fact that it, it like, it was really weird, because myself, I really had never seen it, and a couple of years ago, I really had never seen it, so I was like, look... This is one of my all-time favorite shows, and I will tell you this before we go into it, before we even start it, it ends on a cliffhanger, and at the at that particular moment in in history, there was no new season, like there yeah. was it was it wasn't even a fucking blip on the radar, so I was like, look, it ends, like, and it there is a resolution, like there is a resolution, but something happens at the end, you're kind of going, I want to see the rest of it now, and at the start of she's like, okay, so this is like a murder show, I was like. So we started to watch it. Yeah, we started to watch it, and she, she just got hooked. Is a murder. Yeah, um, but it did. It like like you said, Kim. It helped that there was a lot of good looking people in it. Like it's 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 one of those ninety shows that. But Lynch always does that. David Lynch always casts good looking folks in his movies. To if you don't if because if you're not if you're not. It wasn't a thing in Hollywood before he did that. So that's so great. Thank you, David. But I'm just at, at all times be like, okay, Kim, buckle in. We'll be back at the cafe soon. It'll be fine. It's yeah. Um, I just, I mean, I just, it was, it was the, the it, it's very 90s. It's got a defining 90s feel to it. And Lynch is very 90s for me in my head because you had Twin Peaks, you had Lost Highway. Lost Highway for me was like, it was that college movie. That I, I saw when I was in that that was formative years in college where it was just like soundtrack. Oh, just the soundtrack is phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what yeah. I remember from the soundtrack more. I can't remember the movie, and I went to see it in cinemas at all tools, but I remember the soundtrack. Yeah, no, like the um, David Bowie, Nine Inch Nails, Smashing Pumpkins, like oof, yeah, great stuff. Like, but the, I saw that in the IFI, and I was in college at the time, and it was one of those movies like when. You know, everyone in, in our generation, or my generation at least, because I'm, I'm a bit older than the rest of these, but... Um, well, although D-Man, I think D-Man's older than me. I, um, I'm based, I, August. I think, no, I think you are by a couple of months, but I could be wrong. Are you August, are you August 70, are you August 77? 77 or 78? 78. Okay, so I'm older than you. So I'm the oldest, obviously, okay. Three of us are Xennials, and one of us is Skating away from us, going to blue motherfucker. <laughs> I, 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 I identify as a Gen Xer. This is it. I'm a millennial. That's it. That's well, you've really earned your stripes. You've earned your stripes. You can sell yeah. us out at any time, but you have earned your stripes. Um, but again, there's that generational. Of, and it was really weird because, um, funnily enough, of all the things that actually I got a wee bit nostalgic about that time, the other night, I, um, the new season of Derry Girl started. I haven't seen oh, yeah. any of it yet. Uh, yeah. I know um, who appears in it, and I'm very excited. Yeah, Irene, Irene watches it religiously. Like all the t-shirts and all the shit, like it's all just no f- purpose. Yeah. So Irene, Irene watches it religiously. I, I watch it through osmosis with Irene, actually. I haven't sat down and watched the full season of it myself, but Irene is a big fan of it. And uh, the first season, the first episode was on, and the soundtrack of it was literally, it's 96 to 97 was the soundtrack yeah. in the episode. Yeah. So that, that was my college, that was the start of my college moments. So it was like, yeah. oh fuck. And it just literally kicked off this endorphin levels of, you know, J.J. Rooney. 
yeah full on member berries like member um and that was that like it was a case of because they had they had everything from a bit of the train spotting soundtrack to fucking even i think they actually had some i don't know if they had prodigy but it was just yeah it's just that moment where you just like your brain goes oh yeah remember that fuck and and it made me want to go watch human traffic or something again for the first time in forever um you know it's it's nostalgia is a dangerous and endorphin inducing thing remember a lad was running a drug awareness workshop for parents in Cavan uh, and he was talking about the movie Trainspotting being a problem because it glamorized drugs and I don't know how Captain I didn't Weaving, think so he, Captain well, Weaving I, uh, I'm not going to say it for good reasons this person who was never going to be sound enough to be around anyone who had any drug ever <laughs> was happened to be there with my dad and uh, he was talking about how train spotting glamorized drug use, and I'm like, so, so people died from toxoplasmosis from crack here. Like people who hallucinated babies on the ceiling. What are you talking about? People shot themselves when they didn't want to. What are you talking about? And he turned around and he goes, that film had the best soundtrack for 25 years. That film had the best soundtrack since Superfly. And I'm like, okay, I'm gonna shut the fuck up right now because I got nothing to say to this man. <laughs> like okay all right okay drive boy dog boy dirty dumb angel boy you win this round <laughs> but we were spoiled if you think about it like if you want to talk nostalgic about soundtracks of films i mean the 90s had some of the best soundtracks for pop culture and movies <laughs> oh my god that is not I never expected it to go there, but you know. Yeah, um, but yeah, if you think about it, like it's it's crazy the amount of soundtracks of that. And like, and I, yeah, and I'm sure, like if you look at the films now, right, and, and people can complain about the Marvel domination of movies, mm. but the Guardians of the Galaxy soundtrack sold a fuck ton. Oh yeah. Um, but it's that. I think we were spoiled to a degree because we had yeah, Train Spotting soundtrack was huge. Everyone fucking listened to that for sure. Crow. I was I yeah, the Crow soundtrack was another one. The bodyguard, god damn it! She's gonna keep going with this. That fucking soundtrack was. Oh, no, it was in the top ten for about two and a half years. Yeah. yeah. Um, um, like I, I, when you were buying your when you were buying your your DVD and whatnot, you'd be like, oh, I have to get the soundtrack as well. Whereas oh, lads, I have one more. I think I ever got the, the pull to do that lately, but hmm. weird. Ah, uh, Darren, that's because we're old. Uh, I, it's, it's, it's Tim refills this two and a half times o'clock, so I'm just going to do one more musical interlude for this section. Okay. I was here to wake up to kiss me. Go West being introduced to Americans, by the way. Yeah. Um, <laughs> The talk of the town, and maybe I can fool myself. It's pretty woman's Yeah. Mm. Six thumbs up. I'm gonna find thumbs. Put thumbs up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there was there was a serious moment in the '90s, and then following on from Train Spotting, I do remember this, and I actually only re remembered it recently. Okay, was still, I'm sorry. Yeah. I know. I was trying. I was. I was staying quiet for the. I was gonna see who brought it up first. Sure. I. I was going to bring it up, but the one I'm talk. The one I'm talking about now is um is life less ordinary. 
Do you remember oh, that film? Oh, yeah. yeah. Rich Hall had a great joke when he went, a life less ordinary, lifeless than ordinary. It's, it's an easy joke. But, uh, yeah. I thought that movie was great, but has anyone got a quote from a movie that you use non-fucking-stop, but because the movie wasn't that popular, it doesn't sound like a reference and you just sound like a dickhead? Mine is from A Life Less Ordinary. I spent my whole life going, uh, it's not that interesting, Robert. She says it about nine times, I think, in the film, and mm. nobody gets that. Uh, oh, fuck, Wayne's World, lads. The theme, the, the soundtrack to Wayne's World. The mm. other nobody, or nobody remembers that quote, Tim, stop using it as a quote, is uh, I would turn around in a week and use this at least twice. Who's Anthony? Who's Anthony from Wayne's World? And that's not a quote from Wayne's World. People remember quotes from Wayne's World. That's not the one anybody remembers. And and the thing about it is, is that when was the last time you had a conversation with anyone about Wayne's World? Yeah. Wayne. Uh, Let me well, wonder about Doctor Evil that was advertising something. I'm seeing all the cast there. Old. It was kind of like, wow. Huh? No, there's what an advert I think for cars or something, and the entire cast of uh, um um Doctor Evil and all the other, all the others are there sitting there talking about it, and I'm just sitting there going, oh God, if they're that old, then I'm that old, then Wayne the World is huge. Yeah, let's go to the young ending. Yeah, it's it's the, like I'm saying, like there's there's a cultural there's a cultural thing there about the '90s, which. Funny enough, I was actually having this conversation with Irving uh, only, I think it was only last night, that it's now, like, 90s is now the new big revival. That's that's what the yeah, new... Do you remember all that peace and prosperity? These poor fucking kids these days are like, can we do that? Yeah. We have that. Yeah. Let's have that. Yeah. Peace yeah. and prosperity. Yeah. Yeah, like, so look... Which I mean, is why uh, we're all so mad. You have to be mad when there's peace and prosperity. Yeah. I mean, it's it's and and it circles back to the Batman because. Well, it circles. Yeah. <laughs> um, it does circle back to the Batman because the Batman has reintroduced a lot of people to Nirvana for the first time. Yep. Um, yeah. Something in the way, and yeah. you just look like Dave Mustaine, Kim. <laughs> she always looks like Dave Mustaine. She's one second away from looking like Dave Mustaine at any moment. I remember. Uh, I, prick. <laughs> I I remember I remember uh, this ad on MTV, and I think I've talked about this on podcast before. Back when MTV played the music, um, they used to have these little mini ad segments that had the artists and stuff like that. And a large chunk of the early nineties was was grunge, rock, and metal, um, kind of circulating throughout that. And there was an ad with Dave Mustaine in it talking about the do's and don'ts of attending a gig. Right, and okay. and what it was was Dave Mustaine, it, and it was so it was so fucking badly put together. It was like Dave Wait, Mustaine was. Did he, did he say what? Did he said don't mention the ra. There was no mention of the ra, but what he did was the whole thing was the etiquette of not spitting while at a gig. Do not spit at do not spit at people on stage, and it was he was superimposed over like footage of gigs, but he was lying down, like you know, a la. <laughs> A la Burt Reynolds Playboy or Playgirl spread, but fully clothed. Yeah, yeah. But he was he was lying down like and and he would zoom into shot and float about the place. He's like, it's really not cool to like spit at people on stage when they're playing their bands, man. 
and then he'd wobble and fly off the other side of the screen. And that has stuck with me for years. And like, that's Dave Mustaine because he's the guy that they kicked out of Metallica because he was more annoying than Lars Ulrich. You know? Darren, can I campaign to be the person that Wayne makes the PSA about uh, role playing, where he makes where I get to be the person that shoots off after saying, "Don't kill all your characters." Would that be good. Yeah, um, we're coming up on just shy of the two hour mark, so I'm just gonna literally this is the moment we're gonna do some self flagellation where we talk about what we are doing. Um, so this is the first podcast in a very, very long time in regards to us actually just talking shite and having booze for a while. Um, but, which is awesome. But we are currently, there is one episode of our now campaign two, Sorcery and Shenanigans, our D&D campaign is available to watch on our YouTube channel and listen to where all podcasts are found. Um, it is the four of us playing Dungeons and Dragons. Um, and we have just started. And funnily enough, it is... It hasn't gotten there just yet in the campaign. I'm not spoiling anything here because we announced this back in January. This will be a, what's called a spell jammer campaign. So we are going to space. It's D and D in space. That's what it is. Um. So I got the idea to do this off the back of Irene, very kindly, out of the middle, just out of fucking nowhere, for Father's Day last year, got me the original spell jammer box set that was like a collector's edition from oh, many moons ago for advanced dungeons and dragons second edition i think it was and um she got that for me as a gift for father's day and i was like you know what i'm gonna adapt this for our next D campaign i want to do a bit of fun a bit of fun and put D in space and then yeah. wizards of the coast have announced that they're bringing back spell jammer for fifth edition so we oh, are no, it's fucking they made it less exotic but well we're we're gonna be we're gonna be quite deep into our campaign by the time this initially this finally hits the hits the general public because um it's not getting f- officially released until august um and we're gonna be a good few episodes into our campaign by the time it gets out there uh but there is it's the big it's a big talk of of, of the social media scene of as far as uh, tabletop rpgs are concerned um that and the fact that Dragonlance is coming back but our D campaign is kicking off and we were recording the second episode uh, on May the 1st with the hope of it being online on May the 2nd for you all to enjoy and take part in I want to say thank you to everyone that's checked out the first episode so far yeah, um, um, we've you know really really solid viewership and listenership uh, on the podcast and on uh, the episode up on YouTube and um, thanks to our sponsors Dublin City Comics and Dakota Irish we have more stuff coming from them. There is a competition. The Dakota Irish Code was active and valid for a week after our original air date. It's now not valid anymore, but we are working with Dakota Irish for more giveaways and more um, surprises, is all I'll say. Um, ah. But also with Dublin City Comics as well. I was talking to the folks from Dublin City Comics, and they've got some great stuff coming down the pipelines as well um, to do with ourselves and what we're doing. Um, so they are our sponsors and that's why you know if you're watching us on youtube they're on their their symbols and, and and logos are on the screen now with our own because they are continually sponsoring us and they're great both fantastic irish owned businesses cannot recommend them recommend them enough dumbcomics.ie and dakotairish.com go check them out uh, yeah, just up and give them your money yeah they're they're brilliant brilliant folks um and they support us wholeheartedly and we really appreciate it yeah 
Um, so yeah, we are going to be recording our next uh, D&D campaign very soon and you'll be able to catch up with us. And mm-hmm. we hope to have more pubcasts and hopefully, fingers crossed, crossed even, um, we get to do this in person very, very soon. Uh, because we do plan on D&Ding on the next episode in person. So when we do the next episode of, of Sorcery and Shenanigans, it's going to be in person where we're all sitting in the same room um, after two and a half years of doing it online. Yeah. It's going to be a lot of fun. I won't be eating nachos soon, don't worry. I got two cold tops, guys. I can't wait for you. That's because, actually, that's it, Demon. You were. The dice version of the things I bought in the last session. But I haven't stood on them yet to see if they're as bad as Lego. Don't. I'm kind of actually going to ask. Are they Yeah, they're, they're, I don't know, no, they're packed away in the bag for Sunday, so that's why I don't have them. Packed um, the bag already, lads. D-Man, tell us, you were actually, tell tell the listeners and ourselves yeah, here, you went to Lorcon. To, to yeah, Lorcon. Well, I, I'm going to go grab another point real quick. Um, Let's I talk about Lorcon. Enough, and it was actually the first time I was out of the house with a gr- in a group, but I was at uh, Lorcon. Um, was it last Saturday um, in um, uh, Underworld Gaming? And uh, it was great because it's literally, it's literally Where is it? minutes up the road. It's uh, just uh, right near the square is the best thing. Oh, okay. You come out of the, uh, the square, you walk down the traffic light, you cross over, and it's just down that, 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 that um, uh, alleyway. Um, really good people in there, really nice. It's a, um, uh, they, which is uh, together with um, Penny, Wayne, what's his name again? Oh, he's frozen. Penny Dragon Games. Penny Dragon. Penny Games. Dragon Games. Um, yeah, Penny Dragon Games. They decided to I do uh, a role playing day, and uh, it was really good. You just bought your ticket online, showed up at the door. They gave you um, uh, it was it was it pretty much they gave you your little bag of swag, and then they said just look at the board, see what you like, and go to a table. So I went up, ten tables, each with the the DM's name and the name of the adventure. That's all they gave you, and you read you read it, and if a uh, if uh, you like the name, you go and you you would sit down. And um, the one table, it was funny, the, the table I was drawn to was the one that kind of had this, the, I, know, I can't remember the title, but it was to do with, you know, monster hunting. I was like, oh, that sounds cool. And uh, also, it was funny because the DM was someone I used to, uh, it, I, it was, I think we were one of the five rockers back in the day in school, and I hadn't seen him since then. So I didn't know what way to judge because Dublin is a small place, but so is Tala, um, except more knives. So um, I walked up and I was like, all right, Dave. And he was like, all right, Darren. I was like, any chance I could uh, sit at your table and uh, play D&D? And he goes, no problem, sir. And uh, it was amazing. It, it was so refined. Like so polite. I love it. The, ex- the, the level of stuff on his table, I didn't get, I was so glued to the, to the adventure, to what was going on the table. I didn't do my usual look around to see what was going on on any of the other tables. I wasn't even aware that they were taking pictures until I went to my lunch and got to, to Wi-Fi, and then uh, this ding, 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 Darren's at this, and I'm like, I am? And uh, so, but uh, yeah, uh, pretty much we were sent on a quest to um, find out what, it was their typical, uh, to find out what is, the, what's troubling, we were hired by this woman to go into the forest to find out what, why, um, what's going on in there, like why is, are the creatures of forest like disturbed and whatnot, so we went and had a look, um, the creatures I got to fight were a, a, a green dragon, um, an iron golem, 
And the reason the Iron Golem is so much fun is I, I, I got to be a druid again, a dwarven druid, and I, for the first time ever, transformed into an Elvair, and I was like, right. I, yeah, like, let's, I mean, we're all as a team, it's like, let's go and kick this Iron Golem's ass. At which point, the Iron Golem came round the corner, smack, one hit, mushy. And, <laughs> but it allowed time for the warrior. Now, I don't die because everyone knows that if you're polymorphed, it's like extra hit points. You're like, you fall on the floor and you go, ow. But it gave the, the warrior time to get round it. And he started mushing it. I was playing a coward. But it, this is an Iron Golem. So even the, wa- the warrior was looking bad. And I quickly was like, right, heal. Because he was playing a dwarf. So I was like, I got your back, brother. And heal him. So that was the highlight of my entire like thing. Is like, healing the warrior. So he got revenge on mushing me. But the last creature was a Beholder. And the reason this was so cool is he actually had the model painted up. And he dropped it down. But before that, he had actually done a fit. This is what, some as good as having the maps and all that for, for, for online is good, there's an extra little bit of detail if you're meeting people in person. And Dave must have had this plan for ages because he had the maps for uh, each of the, oh, sorry, he hadn't even um, to test for metal at the beginning. We had a little battle with the people that were hiring us. So we got to, he had a map uh, done for the, the bar. He had a map done for the two encounters in the, sorry, the one encounter in the forest with the dragon. He had a map for the, uh, the, the iron golem. And the one thing, in order to get through to the Iron Golem, uh, we had to talk to the wizard who was going to tell us where to go to, to deal with the monster. And this is a funny thing that I don't know if it is on the internet yet, and hopefully it might not be, but in order to do it, we had to sing a ditty. And we had yeah. to do a little, it had to be something good and juicy. You sorry, know? I'm just going to translate for the non-dubs. That's ditty, D-I-T-T-Y. A song, an entertaining song that he would love to let us in. Already writing little things down that rhymed, thinking that everyone else is going to do it, and we pull our resources together. No, unfortunately, I should have been a bard. I did the the lyrics. Someone came up with the chorus, and I pretty much sung it. And halfway through it, I copied <laughs> everyone recording it and butchered the second bit to the point where the where the wizard was like, "No, nah, do it again, do it again." <clears throat> I did it again, and I hope I never see it, but it's it's out there. But yeah, the sorry, the I'll, and I'll tell you something. Were there people with their phones uh, recording you, Dima? There were, yeah, yeah. Well, well, I knew it was coming, but I didn't. I, Love it. I didn't know it was happening until I thought I would, you know, got a chance to sing it and then sing it again. But no. But the last map he had built by hand. Um, it was like he had built everything by hand and painted it, and then dropped down the beholder. And I was like, um, because I don't think I've, like, like it was just a shock. Um, because we're all 12 levels, so you, you're thinking, ah, we can fight anything, we're grand. And then a fucking beholder drops down. And it's like, if there's, you know, like, for people that don't know what a beholder is, you know, all the eyes, scary. And, and look, and that's, I forgot how big they are, like, just, but, um, yeah, so we, we, we kicked ass, we took names, we defeated the beholder. And it was great, because we still had 20 minutes left, where we were the last table there. But everybody was, this is another thing, everybody was there to roleplay, to play D&D. Um, it was lots of fun, and I, I haven't heard a bad thing being said. It was, it was really good. The highlight, though, was when, and it happens everywhere, but when the one scumbag comes in, walks around, doesn't know what's going on, but puts on the face like he does, goes to the back of the room, realizes, ah, oh, fuck, I can't go forward, I better turn back, turn back and walks out. The podcast. I looked up, we all did to go, who the fuck is he? Huh? The podcast does not recognize the classification scumbag. We don't. We don't label someone we've never met. We are an inclusive. He had his hand down his jocks and he's might he's might have stolen someone. All right. So come here. Was anyone at your table a noob? I feel like this set has introduced a whole branch of people that never would have 
with the with the um, adventure leagues, there's a lot of uh, new people. I don't know people come into them as big. With adventure leagues, uh, uh, like uh, better because you actually can go at any time, bring your character, and just you know chime in. You get filled on what's happened before, and you continue with the adventure. Where I'm 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 uh, I'm not too sure. Like I'm I actually no. Reading the I think there was a little bit of a chat. There was a few uh, few people that had probably uh, never done it before. Oh, sorry, there was. There's one guy that never done it in person before, um, who actually played oh, a really, really cool rogue and was doing tremendous damage. If you think I'm bad with low pan, oh my god, wait until I get to twelve. Jesus. Yeah, no, rogue rogues are OP once they get past a certain level. They're literally just it's it's sneak attack damage and all sorts of shit. Like yeah. yeah. There was a lot of like everybody gelled together nicely and we were in it for the group and there was no no, no one well, there was this one point where and it's great to see like where only the rogues got a got called by someone in the pub and long story short he was asked to rob the ring of the person who hired us and he did it and he did it like a legend and it was great and none of us knew because you know it was that was the only time where it was could have caught a bit controversy but the funniest thing sorry about like how we have it easy compared to back in the day i didn't have any internet connection no one really did so he said like there you go uh roll up a 12th level character uh, there's books there if you need or I've got pre I've got he rolled up all the, the five other characters. He had them ready to go. And I said, like, no, no, no problem. I can do this. Hang on, D D Beyond is oh crap. Well I can do this by it hasn't been like, you know, since I was eighteen, nineteen that I've done this. And there was a there was a there was a bit of fear that I wasn't be, wasn't gonna be able to, you know, do a, a druid without the you know a digital device. But I did it and he rocked. You know. <laughs> I ask a question of you guys very quick. Reroll games in Navin is an absolute haven. It is a beautiful place and it runs gaming nights nonstop, uh, magic tournaments, everything. Unfortunately, it is an absolute sanctuary to regulars. And every time you walk in there as a member of the general public, which to be honest, it's a shop. Like first and foremost, it's a shop. It sells things. You walk in there just to buy a thing everybody is fucking afraid of you and they put their fucking hackles up like it's an outsider the way darren did about that young fellow with his hand in his jock like i walk in there and the instant they're like darren wants we're trying to play D D. they don't know i'm every bit as bad as them i'm in my ma clothes like they don't know sure. they don't know i'm you know despite my inability to I mean... five i love role playing but I walk in there to get something for my kids, and they are fucking. Well, what, what you probably don't know, Kim, is that the shop, the, the shop is on is in one of the uh, another not a room, another section. There isn't section. a way to walk well, through it. You have to come out and round. But because in reroll games, you walk in the front door and you're confronted with people at tables playing, and because of the way they run things and. Jesus, would it have been nice to live near something like that when I was growing up. The problem is, they're a shop, but their opening hours are like 6 to 9, and they're closed on Mondays and Tuesdays. You know, they're they're like open sure. for people to come in and game. But if you're interested and you're a fucking casual, you want to go to the shop. Um, there, there are, there, it depends. Like, I mean, the, the equivalent we have of that in Dublin is Gamers World, which I cannot recommend enough. They're phenomenal people. Like, and they have, like, that's in, that's in, Dub, that's in Dublin city center. They're open. They're open. Like they're open. They're probably open like 11, 11, yeah, 11 till about late. 
But they have they have, do have gaming tournaments and they've got a section for that. But they also have it out front as well. But I I've seen people in there that are like the Maz that come in buying stuff for their kids. I've seen people coming in there, but it it depends. It really depends. And I mean, there's always, unfortunately, unfortunately, there's always a level of gatekeeping in certain situations, depending on the type of place you're going to. You used to get that as a woman walking into a comic. Yeah. Yeah. Like when I, I I got that, I got that walking into a comic book shop in Boston many years ago. Um, and, and it was, you know, the shop was manned by, um, three or four lads, uh, two of whom looked like comic book guy from The Simpsons. <laughs> and and one of the nice ones came over and was like, oh, if there's anything I can help you with, like, let me know. And a bit of a like, yes, there's, a, there's a girl in the shop. I'll be nice to her. And then I started reaming off titles that I that I had read and I wanted something similar. And he had a moment of, oh, oh she knows, oh, oh <laughs> shit, she knows some shit. <laughs> um, so, but, but again, but I, I, it's 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 going to be much different now because that's probably what 15 years ago so thankfully it's a lot easier for all of it they haven't got rid of all of it it's going to take some time but i i I feel like if some randomer walks into your safe space you to get your hackles up is understandable but also they could be worse than you they could be worse than you yeah i i think the gaming the table what was that kim and they're just wearing a Karen disguise. You know? be <laughs> but like, I mean, the tabletop RPG scene, uh, particularly, it's funny. Over the last two and a half, three years, online gaming like this, like done through a stream like this, has skyrocketed. Like, yeah. like, uh, like we said, I think we said it's a couple of, like about a half an hour ago, D&D in particular, um, being a gateway into this type of a, a scene. Um, yeah. through the popularity of shows like Critical Role or the, yeah. the Dimension 20 or uh, as a channel and uh, like High Rollers and, and a fucking plethora of other shows. We have all the Irish ones that like there's ourselves yeah. to a degree, but then you have Homebrew, you have D8 Dungeon, um, you know, there's a rake of them, Make It Epic, which is, you know, another Irish yeah. one. Uh, yeah. Make It Epic has got a 50-50 split of like three girls, three guys on the show. People people complain about quotas and things like that, but if people hadn't decided at some point, oh shit, we have to have a girl, then people like us wouldn't see role-playing campaigns with girls in it, like it wasn't some weirdness. So then what happens is, if you have a girl quota for a while, you will get girls coming out of the woodwork that are as nerdy as any fucking dude you've ever met. That will go. Oh shit! I can do this. Oh, I didn't know. <laughs> I didn't know I was allowed. Mm. I remember once we were rolling characters for Deadlands, and uh, I turned around and gave my character to the DM, and he goes, "Oh, it's a, it's a guy." And I went, "Yeah," and he goes, "Can I ask why? Why are you playing a man?" And I said. I thought you had to. Yeah. All the characters I'd ever seen in Deadlands were were guys. Oh my god, I'm on with Thank you. Uh, yeah, I was I was like, oh oh I thought they had to be. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And like I there is the character to be compelling, it had to be a man. And 
And what we have now is because of maybe quotas at the beginning, and maybe oh, if we don't have a woman in here, someone will complain. A few years of having a woman in there, so nobody will complain, will lead to the organic explosion of women playing these things because they realize it's uh, accessible and uh, it's all the better for it. Imagine a world without Arafir, though, and all. What imagine, mean? A, imagine a world without fucking you playing mad roles. <laughs> <laughs> but the thing about the the tabletop RPG scene has become a huge um, kind of haven and also um, ally for a lot of LGBTQ plus players yeah. and scenes and groups and like it's it's because people get to be who they fantasize being. Yeah, um, yeah. Wayne, and, you know. I got a, I was very disappointed. I noticed that and I loved that over the last few years and I was very disappointed to find that subculture and um, the the what do they call themselves to every reaction uh to every action there's a reaction mm -hmm. so the absolute unequivocal uh unequivocal uh inclusiveness of ttrpgs has led to a movement of very traditional gamers no apps uh yeah. no uh, and one of the sneaky side effects of that is they're kind of pressing back against the inclusivity of uh, LGBTQ uh, players and women. I'm I'm very happy to say that they're in the minority because it's a similar thing in comics where you have the the comic gators. Um, mm -hmm. Well, like comics is of, of like every fandom. Every fandom has it, where you have progress to happen. You have to have the pushback. I love that it's so small, but I was disappointed. I really didn't realize that was going on. And I'm like, oh. There's a, there's a saying my grandfather was very, very fond of when I was growing up. He, says, he used to say to me, Wayne, there's cunts everywhere. <laughs> he was a wise man. Hmm. <laughs> Wayne's granddad. <laughs> um, folks, on that note, we're over the two-hour mark. We're going to end it there. This has been Pubcast. I've been Wayne. I've been Kim. I've been Darren. I've been Jill. Until the next time, do check us out on anywhere you find podcasts, up on our YouTube channel. You can subscribe to us there. You'll find us across all social medias, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, the works. Um, do check us out. Do check out Sorcery and Shenanigans. Um, it's our D&D &D campaign. Soon to be launching into space. And we will... <laughs> See you on the next episode of Sourcing Shenanigans, and we will see you on the next official episode of Pubcast. Until then, bye, look after yourselves. Bye, take it handy. Bye, 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 bye. Good night, mofos. <laughs>